0: you have until the count of five.
1: I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Got Till 5 Wrestling Podcast, a bi-weekly wrestling extravaganza, where myself, Max Curtin, and my beautiful co-host Jesse Benz talk about all things top five wrestling related.
0: We do! We're here, and I've missed you, Max.
1: I've missed you too. I was thinking about this earlier. Um,
0: it feels like we haven't done one of these for years. I know.
1: It was literally two weeks ago. I think because
0: Jim no, spoke was, so much. No, but that was because we had a guest. That, you know, we had Yeah, exactly. We were chatting to someone, so it didn't feel like our regular format, because we were... Chatting with Jim, which was lovely. You did your little riptide thing, didn't you? I did. And um, and so before that, it feels like ages since we've actually done a proper top five, which I suppose it has been. It's been a month.
1: Yeah, I was looking back on it. We've done four episodes, four special episodes, I guess they are, where we talk to other people. And then the last one was the redacted top five that we did.
0: Yeah, and then, I, I remember doing that. I was slightly
1: drunk sitting on my bed. Yeah, of course you were. It was about Benoit. You were just crying, <laughs> crying into... It's <laughs> the only
0: way I could get through it. And then, <laughs> no, it it, there'd been a World Cup match. Oh, that day, was so it. i have been, been out and watched that at the pub, and then I came back slightly sozzled. I
1: remember. And then the two before that were Ridgeway and Wolf, so we've been dropping the ball on just but, you and me.
0: We have, but lucky lucky listeners because the last few weeks they've got some lovely um, insights into the british independence i think and that's because of us
1: you're welcome um so, you're welcome people but for this month we're still undecided about the next episode we're thinking we're just going to make these two just top fives go back old school with me and the Jazzmeister.
0: that's me that's um, him yeah. and um, this week your... shut up i was <laughs> listening to your intro then yeah and um You're you're too, and you did this with. uh, We've been putting together an advert lately because we're going to press. And you're too obsessed with uh, telling everyone we're bi-weekly all the time. Doesn't matter. No one cares. People just see if people have subscribed, they just see it's out. Then they listen to it. Do you know what I mean? Like they're not like counting down the days until the next one. Jesse, Jesse, subscribe everyone, and then you just get it when it's out. And then Max has to stop saying bi-weekly all the time.
1: People care if we're bi, okay?
0: They no, not anymore. Not in 2018. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um yes, socials, follow us at God Till Five. We've now hit two thousand followers as of today.
0: On Twitter, he means, just yeah, so we're clear.
1: Yeah, on Twitter. Um so that was that's good. And it's convenient, two thousand. And it's convenient that we've hit two thousand because this week's top five is the top five <gasps> pay per view of the naughty's. Ah
0: it's like you planned it. Did you plan it?
1: I I pushed hard.
0: Did you? I pushed. I mean, <laughs> uh, that's too easy uh, so <laughs> that's good uh, how are you away from um, wrestling and podcasting it's, what's your life been like lit- the last few weeks
1: literally what I do, you know this is my life yeah, consumes right, me
0: I come along, make the gold and then you spend the next couple of weeks um, just editing, editing, that it, down, editing, editing it, it down, editing it down so it's minimum yeah, Jesse at- if you guys heard the unedited sexist racist podcast that
1: this was. We were in our past month one. (laughs) We do a four hour podcast every single time, but I get it down to like an hour and a half once I cut out all of that shit. And people still say it's too long. Yeah. Fussy bastards. Uh, Absolutely fussy. But no, I'm okay. It's been lovely and warm in Brighton. I've been enjoying the sun. I had a great time at Riptide uh, seeing our boy Mambo become the first ever Riptide Brighton champion.
0: He did a Got To Five alumnus
1: yep yeah, we're all about the alumnus and what else have i been doing that's pretty much it in all honesty mate i'm sorry
0: it's pretty dull um so <laughs> is it um is it raining there right now
1: it did actually rain today
0: yeah it rained here too it needed rain it hasn't rained in england for about 12 years at this point it was mad so it's been good
1: me and jesse went on a little holiday together
0: yeah we did that was nice rain there too it did rain there yeah you're right yeah it wasn't this is gold. It, it was literally a fortnight ago. Uh, yeah, we're in a forest. Go on the Twitter and you can find a picture of me attempting to hit Max with a giant forest stick. It was good and I felt like a forest Jumanji man. I forget um,
1: how good you are at climbing trees.
0: Yeah, I'm quite gifted.
1: It's a weird gift at your age. <laughs>
0: my age. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've got, I've got weird, like, dexterous feet as well. Like, I can pick things up with my feet as well as my hands. So I just, I just think I'm fairly unevolved.
1: Yeah, it's not, because we went into the woods and there was this tree that was like, there was this branch that was attached to a tree and Jesse just jumped on it and hung off of it like it was no (laughs) issue. I jumped on it, my back hurt immediately. I was like, oh, fuck, no, I gotta get down.
0: I just scramble around and find new nests for myself. (laughs)
1: Oh, it is troubling. But is your life okay?
0: It's all right. I'm tremendously full because I just ate a pizza and a whole tube of Maryland cookies. Um, uh, They're not our sponsor, by the way, because they can't be because they just made me feel physically sick. Um, (laughs) Like most of our sponsors. Yeah. Um, Some sex toys started following us on Twitter. I've been at you. Get in touch with them and make them our sponsor. Wow. And I want sex toys. (laughs) Okay. I'm pretty sure you have um, a
1: vast collection anyway.
0: Yeah, I know you're right, but I want them for free. Uh-huh. Um, and first hand. But uh, what else have I done? Uh, I watched a bit of The Simpsons, that was nice. I watched the Flaming Mo episode, I like that episode.
1: That was a good episode. That's... It is a good
0: episode. Aerosmith in that episode, first ever band that were on The Simpsons. There's really? a fact for you. yeah. You... Good fact, eh?
1: We could do a Simpsons podcast.
0: Ah, oh, there's plenty of them. Well, there's plenty of wrestling ones, actually. I bet there's more wrestling ones than Simpsons ones, actually.
1: Yeah, probably. Cause...
0: Probably, I've never done the count. <laughs>
1: When you go into a wrestling room, it's pretty much the ratio is 3 to 10. 3 out of 10, have a podcast.
0: Yeah, but like no one listens to them, except for ours. We're heads and shoulders above um, the majority of other people. Fucking right, we it's are. Not, it's not until I started doing this with you I realised how awful everyone else is.
1: <laughs> Got no shame in that, have you?
0: No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Just just, dreadful. just I like, dreadful. I
1: like your pride. Uh, yeah, Jesse did mention that we'll be going to publication soon, so we'll be teasing that in the next coming weeks. And we've got stickers coming.
0: We do! we got stickers. Um, I've ordered them and everything. Um, stickers, Circular stickers with our got to Five logo on. If you want a sticker, just get in touch, and we'll get you a sticker somehow. And badges? And did
1: you get badges? To- yeah, little
0: pin badges are coming as well. They're not like posh badges that seem to be so prevalent in the wrestling industry but um they're just little circular badges like you used to have when you were a teenager that you used to put on the inside of your blazer at school and feel cool that was just you um was that just me yeah okay i used to i made my mum um uh, sew patches onto the inside of my blazer as well with like slipknot on them and stuff
1: so cool
0: yeah pretty cool um, but <laughs> um yeah that woman did a lot for me oh my phone was not um, silent Oh, unprofessional! so, he Max was like, "Oh, I'm go- can I do the intro this week? Because I think some, they should have at least one professional intro." And all you've done is muck up everything since you started doing it. You mucked up the intro. You came in too loud. Your phone wasn't on silent. You're a stupid, man.
1: I don't know why you did an impression of yourself, Dan. It was weird. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, this is so uh, going off course already. This is going to be a long episode because. Um, we're doing our favourite pay-per-views from 2000 to 2001, but no. we've got reserves. What? 2000 to
1: 2009.
0: 2009.
1: <laughs> yes, we are doing pay-per-views that existed from January 1st, 2000 to December 31st, 2009.
0: Yeah, good decade of wrestling.
1: Great decade of wrestling. Well,
0: the, fir- the first half, anyway, in my opinion, then it all went a bit bad. Yeah,
1: I could only come up with like one good one past 2006.
0: Yeah, not great. But we're avoiding crossovers with each other. So you, we, we've got more than five basically. And then if you say one that I've got or vice versa, I will have to dip into my reserves. Exactly that.
1: But I still think we should acknowledge if someone stole it, so we can appropriately curse that person out.
0: Yes. Okay, we'll do that. But th- I quite like this as well because uh, we would, if we didn't have our reserves, we would have shitloads of crossovers. I
1: reckon we would probably go five for five.
0: yeah maybe although I'm convinced I said to you earlier and um, I still think I think there's a pay-per-view that I really love that you don't know that I love and so it certainly doesn't mean anything to you
1: you said from 2001 yeah and there's only two Uh, good pay-per-views that I can remember
0: yeah I'm gonna open with it you're gonna open with it Mm mm-hmm I'm
1: going strong. Oh man, I'm going with. My, oh yeah, I'm going with my usual weak number five, and I'm working my way strong.
0: Well, I'm just, I'm just going to. I like all of them in my list, so I'm just going to like basically close my eyes and point and just see which one comes out. That's
1: fair. That's fair. Um, do you have any? Do Do you want to do like a sound drop if we cross over, or do you just want to yell abuse? Just yell abuse. Cool. I like yelling abuse. That works for Good. me. Good. But yeah, this is technically, so it was the end of the Attitude Era, seeping into the Ruthless Aggression Era, seeping into, oh god, let's behave because Chris Benoit killed his family era.
0: Who? Uh, Yeah. Who? Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, that did happen. And there is nothing post-Benoit in my list. Shocker. Because wrestling ceased to matter to me after that day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, why'd you do this podcast, man?
0: I know, just spent time with you, lonely man. I know.
1: It's not like we talk all day up until actual going live. It's <laughs> why we've got nothing to talk <laughs> yeah, about in the intro.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, so what have you got up to? You know exactly what I've been up to, Max. You were there for all of it. <laughs> Should we have like a um, week
1: break one time before an episode and just see what happens?
0: No. I don't want to not talk to you. Yeah,
1: we couldn't do it, could we?
0: No. I love you, man.
1: I know. I... My favourite thing of when we were on holiday is Jesse's girlfriend looking at me and Jesse hanging out, going, I wonder if he'll ever love me like that. (laughs) And the answer is no.
0: No, no, yeah. She's so jealous of us because, um, like, even when we're just, like, lying on the sofa and stuff, like, I'll just have my head on your shoulder or something. (laughs) I never do that to her.
1: (laughs) No podcast has this kind of relationship
0: exactly no one's closer than us right
1: relationship goals yo let's do a top five of the best the very best top five pay-per-views of the noughties is that what should i call this episode will people get confused if i say noughties
0: no no, yeah i think noughties is what it is what's the decade we're in now what's it called i don't know the teens i just
1: call it the tens shit the 10s does doesn't have a name
0: it's rubbish. It's got to have a name. What
1: did? Because um, you had the what? the Roaring Twenties are coming back. I love a bit of prohibition and yeah,
0: Twenties. Yeah, Twenties is fine. But yeah, I don't know what they call nineteen ten to nineteen nineteen. Got till five. Let us know on Twitter. <laughs> Tweet at us, and you can tell us what the answer is. Um, do the, let's do the drop. So go go into the top. We can't do top five till the drop. We can't.
1: Happen. We can't until until I make that happen. We're in a land of uh, Im- ambiguous. I don't care. Here's to drop.
0: Shut up. <laughs> this is podcast limbo. There we go. Five,
1: four, three, two, one, zero. Are you ready? Oh hell yeah!
0: You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me, he didn't just say that. There, it there was. was. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, let's. Um, okay, who's going first? You or me?
1: Uh, rock, paper, scissors again?
0: Yeah. Okay. Ready. Three, two,
1: one. Then say it. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. Three, oh.
0: two, one. Rock, rock. Damn it. <laughs> Three, two, one. Paper. Scissors. Yeah. Damn I went. it. Um. Okay. Um. So I'm going to start with my one that I don't think you'll have. It is from 2001, like you said. Mm-hmm. It is Backlash 2001. Oh. Ever seen it? I have, but I don't remember it. Okay, so the headline match was um, Stone Cold and Triple H in a tag team against the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Kane and Undertaker were the tag team champions at the time. Triple H was the Intercontinental champion. And Stone Cold Steve Austin was the WWF champion. And it was winner take all. Cool match, right? Because Triple H had been out for ages. And um, he came back the night after Mania 17. And immediately he came out. And it was like, oh my God, he's the next contender for Stone Cold. And looking back as a grown-up, that would have been cool if he was. But then he just immediately turned heel and sided with Stone Cold and they became like the um, two-man power trip sort of thing. Yeah, the
1: power trip. I remember that. Yeah. That was a stupid name.
0: It was a stupid name. Um, but um, they, I thought they were quite cool as kids. And also, I thought the Brothers of Destruction were really cool because Kane and Taker <laughs> hadn't been teaming together. What the hell was that? That was a cough. Jesus, he sounded like a wolf or something. Um <laughs> um, yeah Kane and Taker hadn't been um, teaming together very long at all and so that it was really cool to see them together and I really liked the entrance like Kane would come out and the pyro and his music and then it would just break into rolling by Limp Bizkit and Taker would come out it was just cool to a kid that's awesome right like Kane and Taker just had this larger-than-life feel about them, and I loved it. Uh, so that's the then. That was cool. Other awesomeness of this pay-per-view um, is, um, this is the first time I ever saw Shane McMahon properly wrestle. He wrestled against the Big Show in a Last Man Standing match and um, did one of his leaps of faith off of the um, top. And the reason he could do that, that back, this is back in the day when um, pay-per-view, like they, the sets were special for that pay-per-view. So Backlash would have those big size, like swinging around. Do you remember? I do. That was awesome. And um, so like uh, Shane McMahon climbed up one of those. There's a big jump. It's awesome. Um, test comes out. I can't remember why. And helps Shane. I, got, I think he was with Stephanie McMahon at the time, maybe. I can't remember. Um, what else is um, Happy Days? Um, oh, Benoit and Kurt Angle in a 30 minutes ultimate submission match.
1: Oh, I remember that match. Benoit wins doesn't he
0: yeah in overtime yeah so it goes to a draw and then um, they do overtime angle plays an incredible heel in that match because remember this is the month after wrestlemania 17 the greatest wrestlemania of all time as well Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like you know uh, rollovers from that So Kurt Angle had um, won by cheating at Mania against Benoit. Then this match happens, and yeah, it's just fantastic. And I love that Kurt Angle, like he says, I can out-wrestle Benoit, I'm the best wrestler in the world. And he tries to, and Benoit keeps out-wrestling him. And it's so subtle, but it's so cool. Like Benoit, uh, Angle has to resort to just a quick punch in the face. Like a closed-fist punch to Benoit, which is obviously illegal in wrestling rules. But I love that Angle, that's what Angle had to do to gain an advantage after all of his talk about being able to out-wrestle Benoit. That's cool. Um, What else? Um, Well, the reason I really love this pay-per-view is because it it was the first one I owned on video when I was a kid. I bought it, um, or I got it bought for me for Christmas, I think, or something. Backlash 2001. So I liked wrestling before, but I'd never watched a pay-per-view, really. Never had the opportunity to before Backlash 2001 and um yeah just absolutely loved it we had a good um european title triple threat i believe it was with um christian matt hardy and eddie guerrero i think eddie guerrero daddy and um that was really good and it was cool because like all their partners came out to interfere. so jeff came out and um edge came out and i think china was with eddie at that time yeah um That was good. Mamastita. Was this the Uh, the one that had
1: the really cool poster as well, with Triple H?
0: With Triple H, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is a cool poster. Um, Posters were shit then. They were so good. Yeah, with the sort of ghost version of Triple H like coming out from behind him. That was cool. We also had the Duchess of Queensbury rules match on this pay-per-view with Chris Jericho Uh, and William Regal. Um, I don't know who played the Duchess of Queensbury, but she did a very good job as well. Um it was a good match. It was good. the whole thing. There were some really good matches on this show, and no one ever talks about it. Yeah, and
1: I feel like that's important to mention before everyone starts getting in their 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 pissy britches. Because we've already had some people um, in the Got Till Five Milky Way Universe saying, "If all oh, if this match isn't on there, I won't be happy." It, you got to remember these are our subjective top five favourites from that decade. Because with our top fives, if we do the no like this one and this one, it gets really boring.
0: It is weird how people say that, isn't it? Like, oh, if that match isn't on there, I'll be annoyed. As if, like, why does that match being on our list, why does that affect them? Do you know what I mean? Because they like, want to hear it
1: being spoke about because it's their favourite.
0: Oh, right, I see. Okay, well, pick better matches then, people. <laughs>
1: uh, solid opener. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about that view, um, and you're right. it's It's a damn good one. It's...
0: it is i think it suffers from being the first thing after the greatest wrestlemania of all time and the weird transition of do- try- trying to slowly integrate some of the wcw jobbers into the roster and stuff like it's it's just fell at a funny time for wwe
1: that happens a lot to the backlash pay-per-views but there's some really solid ones i won't mention because um, some might pop up and list, but I'll mention it at the end. But there's been some great backlash pay-per-views that do get overlooked just because they follow a WrestleMania. Same for, like, the, the SummerSlam or the Survivor Series follows. It's they're, they're great shows, but everyone's too worn out by the big show previously.
0: I've always looked at SummerSlam as... Um wrestlemania where the heels win (laughs) like that's certainly what it felt like it was but it's what it felt like it was especially around this era in the early 2000s it felt like we'll have the same matches we had at mania but this time the bad guy will win
1: yes definitely very good choice jesse
0: thank you
1: my opener um i'm I'm not sticking to the tradition of uh terrible choice uh but it's not going to be one that people are going to be like really Out of 10 years, that's the one you've gone for. (laughs) Um, I've spoken about this pay-per-view a lot because it is one of my all-time favourites and I will just sit and watch it again and again. It is Smackdown's first ever pay-per-view, Vengeance, from 2003.
0: Very nice. This is on my list, but um, I'll have to not say it now, obviously. Oh, where was it on yours? Uh, I haven't really got it in an order. To be honest, I've just I've just written down 10 pay-per-views that I really like, and that was one of the 10 that I thought of when I was writing them down.
1: Nice. So if you go back and listen to any podcast, you're going to find at least six or seven where I talk about the opening match of Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit the US title being one of the greatest WE matches of all time. So I'm the US title finals. Finals. So I'm going to leave that one. It's a great match. Um, yes. Jamie Noble defeating billy Gunn, we spoke about that as well because it ends in a sexual act the story yes it does
0: and there's a bit and the bit before when um we're backstage and jamie noble's looking at tory wilson's playboy um issue uh he holds the um magazine down a bit low and on camera you can just see tory wilson completely naked
1: nice i've never spotted that before i'll go back <laughs> i'll be back in two hours guys <laughs> but that's a great match you know jamie noble's such a small statured man and billy a he's a giant and you really notice it in this match compared to jamie
0: noble it's a super gun hits billy Gunn hits my finisher in that match your finisher yeah do you remember the jesterplex that we used to give my created wrestler on the wrestling games
1: oh yes billy Gunn does it he does you're right that's how you broke he... no you didn't break your wrist on that one did you
0: no, it was um, it was like a modified rock bottom that broke my wrist. Yeah.
1: Please don't try this at home, kids. No,
0: um, but yeah, the dress is so like you know you sort of hold them in a fall away slam position, but then you throw them, you throw their legs to the side so they sort of twist around, and you're landing in a kind of um, side effect position. If that makes sense, yeah, it's a sick move. It's awesome. Yeah. It looks better when someone who's six foot six like Billy Gunn does it than when I as a 14 year old child attempt it on someone on a bouncy castle <laughs> i
1: don't know i'm still a little torn on that one
0: <laughs> but it's a great match it's a quick match but it just
1: made me go wow billy guns are really fucking good so i enjoyed that then there was the apa invitational barroom brawl which featured brother love it featured um the easter bunny donk the clown uh it did. the conquistadors johnny Stat. like just stupid people were in this match <laughs>
0: And I'm pretty sure that um, the APA were wearing their merchandise where it says uh, says on the back, like, still pounding ass or something <laughs> on the back of their T-shirt. <laughs> I just remember finding that really funny. Wrestling merch is just the worst. <laughs> just the
1: worst. Uh, really fun match, though. And quite violent for just a silly spoof match. Yeah. I remember people going into glass, getting hit with, like, glasses again. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, then you had the world's greatest tag team against Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio.
0: That's a really good match. That's a proper sleeper match, that is. It if is. anyone hasn't seen that, go and watch it. It's awesome.
1: I think it because you just you want Kidman and Mysterio to win so badly, and I remember Kidman doing the shooting star press from the middle of the top
0: rope to the outside. Yeah. Uh, and Taz, to his credit, like commentates that beautifully like it makes it seem like even more of a big deal than it was doesn't with how he how he calls that move like talking about how difficult it is and stuff it when you're watching that you really buy into it it's awesome
1: yeah because it's a wobbly bit of rope that you're doing a back a front flip back flip off it's weird yeah um and then it was sable against stephanie mcmahon which had its fun moments with the whole ongoing vince thing and stuff um but then 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 we get into the serious stuff of like undertaker and john cena
0: right everyone who moans that taker cena never properly happened it fucking did and it happened here at Vengeance 03 and it's i think it's a good match
1: it's when they were both like i always i know everyone hates american badass taker around this time i fucking love him
0: yeah, I've, I've got a real soft spot for him as well. And I like that in this match, his um, bike breaks down.
1: Oh, yes. Then he just has to sit at the top of the ramp.
0: Yeah, so at the top of the ramp, so he's supposed to bike down like he always does. But he's just sitting there and he's, he's twiggy, sitting on his isn't? bike. And you can, see, yeah, you can see on his face, he's just like, fucking really? like for fuck's sake, this is actually happening. <laughs> and then he just slowly slowly gets off his bike and walks down and Taz and Cole to be fair they're like oh take us this, Taker's taking this match really seriously because he's going to walk down to the ramp
1: it was a credit As to if- Taz to be like because the way Taker did it he was fiddling with his bike for ages and then he just sits there arms crossed and Taz did a great job of being like he, he wants to stare down John Cena it was brilliant
0: yeah but it's so like so it's like oh so he's taking this match seriously against John Cena who at the time was like only just graduating from job status, really. Whereas. His um, debut year. All of it, yeah. Whereas all of um, Taker's like iconic Hell in a Cell matches, his world title matches, he, he didn't take them seriously because he did drive the bike all the way down. So it's
1: not a <laughs> no, <laughs> Round I go. <laughs> and then uh, one of the greatest, bloodiest moments is Mr. McMahon, age 50 something, beating up a one legged man.
0: Zach Gowen yeah that's a great I I completely forgot that was on this pay-per-view actually (laughs) there's some more amazing blading from Vince McMahon 2003 was the year of Vince McMahon's blood
1: so I think I've got a few of them in my list I think that's what makes it for me so there's a bit where (laughs) Zach's hopping around on one leg and I'm not exaggerating when I say this he does have one leg and um, a man's got a chair but his leg gives out because he'd been working on it because you know eye for an eye and all of that and uh, he has the chair and he drops to one knee and he must have nicked his head beforehand. And then Zach does a basement drop kick and the chair folds out just like straight into McMahon's head. And it must have just yeah. popped that bow boy wide open. Because <laughs> the pool of blood that comes out of that old man's head is disgusting.
0: It's amazing. You know how we watch like WE24s on the network now and stuff and we see Gorilla backstage with Vince sitting there with the headset on and like by the... Uh, by the monitors and that and that's where he is for all the shows i really like the idea of back then when he was like performing like this so that happens he finishes this match he's absolutely covered in blood and he just totters back to gorilla and just sits straight in that seat and puts his headphones on (laughs) and goes back back to work
1: (laughs) and that's an awkward moment with
0: kevin owens (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly yeah zach goward hops up to him He's like, are we happy no, no.
1: <laughs> stand there for 10 minutes and be uncomfortable
0: <laughs> hop there Hop
1: there. and then uh one of the best triple threat matches for the we title in my opinion uh kurt angle beats Brock lesnar and the big show
0: kurt angle who rushed back after a um, very invasive neck surgery and uh, really came back much too quick but um it was an amazing return, wasn't it, when he
1: came back? Oh, it was great. And this match... I, I feel like not a lot of people talk about this match, and it really annoys me because the three of them just work so well together. You, you forget that these three were the ones fighting over that title for, from 2002 to 2004.
0: I always forget that Lesnar was face here as well. Yes. Because it was like a week later that he turned heel, wasn't
1: mm-hmm. it?
0: But yeah, I always forget. And like, it's weird that he was face. He was like... I mean, his nickname was the next big thing, but that's literally what he was. Like, he was this young guy, and he was like their top baby face. And yet Kurt Angle comes back, wins the title off of Brock Lesnar, and the fans are thrilled about it. But but they're not hating Brock either. Do you know what I mean? It's it's really weird, but it's it's really good. Uh, a testament to their booking, I think, at the time. Oh, completely. Or how popular the characters were. I've
1: been watching a lot of... Because um, I've been rewatching a lot of these pay-per-views just to remind myself, and, you know, any excuse to watch old pay-per-views. And my God... And we're not going to have the argument now about new Brock versus old Brock, because we'll be here all night, <laughs> but Brock used to like throw himself, throw himself around that ring like it was going out of style. It, he was yeah, amazing. No, I
0: mean, you say about the argument, because I always defend Brock now, but that doesn't mean that I don't think he was better back then. I certainly do. He was phenomenal. 2002 to 2004 Brock was it was just a world-class performer yeah
1: he was an absolute freak in that ring the way he just throw himself around like a cruiserweight and then pick up big show like it was nothing yeah loved that it. yeah it's amazing so that pay-per-view i i know i've spoken about it a lot in the podcast so i'm rushing through it a little bit but it is the one that i always just put on when i just want to just watch some wrestling and just kind of chill out because there's there's not a bad match on there you don't really need to know much of the stories the video packages are awesome it's, it's Yeah, just...
0: Cole and Taz are a, a very good commentary team. I've always rated yeah, Cole and Taz. Yeah, they were
1: always my, my favourite, personally. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Vengeance 2003, go check out. And I remember recording this on VHS off Skybox Office in the early hours in the morning.
0: Nah, oh, it's one of the first... Um, talk about Backlash 2001 being one of the first VHSs. This would have been one of the first um, WWE DVDs I would have bought. Hmm. Um, it's got a black and white cover with Undertaker yeah. doing shadow boxing because he's a because he thinks he's an MMA he's fighter. He's a tough boy, exactly. big strong yeah, boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear gloves. And now I'm now I'm a MMA yeah, fighter. Big strong
1: boys. Yeah, a big strong boy.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, that's good. Good choice. Now uh, I'm my number four. I think is gonna be on your list, and I'm gonna take it from you.
1: Oh. Sorry,
0: sorry, but I do like it. It's survivor series but it's not the one that i know is also on both of our lists it's survivor series 2003 it is not on my list it is not on your list incredible um survivor series 2003 um now this is the first pay-per-view that i ever watched live i'd never seen watched a pay-per-view as it happened on television stayed up in your jimmy jams I did, and I was very, very tired for school the next day, Blast. because I never had Sky or anything. <laughs> um, but um, like circumstances in my life changed when I was around 13 years old, and all of a sudden, I lived in a house with Sky. And um, that was amazing. You lived in the a bin before was... that. Exactly. And um, bins don't have Sky, for you American listeners. <laughs> um, you closed the lid. I don't, um, like Grouch, is it? What's his name? Is it Grouch? Oscar the Grouch, of, Oscar the Grouch. There we go. Um, but yes, yeah, Survivor Series 2003, really good show. Another one that's forgotten about, I think. This has um, Team Lesnar against Team Angle in a fantastic opening match for the whole pay per view. Um, it has, which I think we must have talked about before on this show. Um, it's got Team Austin versus Team Bischoff, which I know we've talked about on this show before with a fantastic Shawn Michaels performance, one of the best performances of Shawn Michaels' career in this match. Um, What else have we got? We've got the Basham brothers against Los Guerreros, which um, is planting the seeds for the breakup of Los Guerreros, and Chavo turning heel on Eddie, which would um, eventually lead to Eddie Guerrero winning the WWE title from Brock Lesnar and no way out a few months later. So we've got
1: the Bashams to thank for that, have we?
0: We've got the Bashrooms and Shaniqua. I was going to say, yes. uh, please let's not forget If Shiniqua. people
1: are not familiar with this tag team, because um, how, how could you forget? Didn't Shaniqua have a, a BDSM gimmick as well?
0: Shaniqua was a dominatrix. So basically, China had uh, left a year or so before, and um, they need, wanted to fill that gap. So Shaniqua was one of the tough enough winners. And she's a um, very, very um, muscular, like, tall woman. So that's who they wanted to replace China, But the only problem is she didn't have any charisma or wrestling ability. But they gave her, um, yeah, a dominatrix gimmick. And they gave her the Basham brothers, who were a tag team. Um, they looked like twins, but they were not They were just both skinhead and similarly sized. And they would wear leather pants and like leather chaps and stuff. And their entrance, they would come out with Shaniqua, get in the ring, and Shaniqua would just whip them both. And that would sort of power them up for the
1: match. This explains so much of me in later life.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. This had more effects than I did. And there is a good <laughs> bit in this match that um, that wouldn't hold up today, where um, Eddie grabs Shaniqua and puts him over his knee, puts her over his knee, and just spanks her a lot to rapturous applause <laughs> from the um, from the crowd. Um, what else happens here? Ah, we get um, Kane. Versus Shane McMahon your, in an
1: ambulance. What match. did you list us? You had this stupidly high in one of our top fives. It was the gimmick yeah, I matches. Think top
0: five? No, I think it was top five Survivor Series. No, you matches, had this in your gimmick
1: some... matches. This was like your number one gimmick match.
0: This is a great match.
1: It's a great match. It's not a number one gimmick match.
0: If I say it is, it is.
1: <laughs> I, All right. I forget that's the law. Yeah. So
0: this match has got everything. It's got. Um, it's got Shane. Diving off the turnbuckle to the outside through a table—that's cool. He runs backstage. He runs Kane over with a jeep. Um, he um, drives the ambulance as well. He smashes the ambulance door into Kane's head really hard. <laughs> Bounces. Um, really hard, yeah. And Kane um, choke slams Shane onto the front of the ambulance, and the back of Shane's head cracks the windshield of the ambulance. Oh yeah. Um, it's brutal. It's just a brutal He
1: coast to coast off the top of the ambulance.
0: Off the top of the ambulance onto Kane Yeah, that's awesome It's great And, that, and Shane lost this match and got thrown in the ambulance And wasn't seen again until like 2006 I think So he was out for a long time after this match um, He came back as a heel with Vince When they were doing all the God stuff against Sean That was the next time we saw him The product of my um, semen Yeah, yeah exactly uh, We also get Undertaker versus Vince McMahon In a Buried Alive oh, Let's match.
1: talk about that Blade job
0: this is more bloody Vince. Um, if you think the Zach Gowan one was bad, oh, Jesus, this, this is something else. And uh, this is also the final appearance of um, Biker Taker.
1: Oh, yeah, because then when he comes back at WrestleMania 20.
0: Yeah, he's back as old Taker. And um, yeah, so this is the last time we see the American badass Biker Taker. He gets buried by an interfering cane who um, knocks him into the grave. And that sets up the WrestleMania 20 match with the return of Undertaker. Lots of good seeds for Mania being planted. You don't see many seeds for Mania being planted at Survivor Series nowadays. They normally start it at like the Rumble, don't they?
1: Yeah, you? and it always but used to nice. be. Survivor Series used to be kind of the plant for stuff, and it, it's sad that it's not anymore.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, in the opening match, Benoit made Brock Lesnar tap in the five-on-five five elimination match, who Lesnar was the WWE champion. So Benoit tapped out the WWE champion, That led to Benoit being taken seriously as a main eventer. And obviously that mania, he would go on to headline it and win it. Um, It's cool. There's some really good stuff here.
1: You ignoring Goldberg Triple H?
0: Yep. Uh, um, (laughs) The (laughs) show ended with McMahon and Undertaker. (laughs) You know what, though? That's funny you say that. Because for the longest time, I thought it did. I I just assumed that the show was over after McMahon Taker. Because... It just felt like such a massive climax. Do you know what I mean? It should have finished with
1: that, definitely.
0: Yeah. It just felt like a huge climax to the show. So I think I just went to bed and thought that was it. Well, the final and-
1: image of like t- of Kane standing with his arm raised and a dump truck dumping the dirt into the grave. That's how you end the show. Like, it's great that Goldberg defeated Triple H in his reign of terror, but, y- you know, come on, guys. Yeah, no, but
0: it's not, yeah... But they'd already ruined Goldberg before that. Um, in the SummerSlam Elimination Chamber that year, um, Goldberg losing was just such terrible booking. They needed to make just Goldberg needed to squash everyone and just have a year like he did in WCW and destroy everyone. Yeah, just we didn't. As soon as he lost at SummerSlam, the, all the steam went out of Goldberg.
1: It's what happened to everyone. Else. It's what happened when they bought in Steiner as well. Steiner was bought in to the same level as Goldberg.
0: Yeah. Triple H just makes them all his bitch.
1: Yep. Take that. Booker T at 19. Sting at 31.
0: Yeah, he just takes all the WCW stars and rapes them, doesn't he, systematically. (laughs)
1: Sweet, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) No, very very Uh. good pay-per-view. Very good pay-per-view. And yeah, some good violent matches in there. Yes. Now, mine comes from the start of the Started a decade, I should say. The Mm. 2000s, as they were called. Um, The Millennium Bug, that kind of shit. And it was Judgment Day 2000.
0: Have you ever watched Ah.
1: Judgment Day 2000? Mm.
0: Not to the point where I can pick it out of my memory. Jog my memory. It's a
1: bit fucking good. So let's run down the card. To open, we had two cool, rest in peace, as of this week. Uh, Grandmaster Sexe, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati going up against Team Eck, Edge Christian and Kurt Angle and nice. one of the best 5 second poses that they did because uh, they were in some southern state and they did the hillbilly jug dance <laughs> where they just as hillbillies and Edge wore the teeth for like the whole match, like the hillbilly teeth he just kept them in, it was great um, but I never, like, as a kid I knew that two cool were cool but I never realized like how stupidly over they were. You watched the Judgment Day pay per view. The crowd is shit hot, which is why I think this pay per view is so good. Um, yeah,
0: but that infinitely helps anything. Anything and yeah. a hot crowd.
1: I, there's actually one pay per view on my list that I go: if the crowd wasn't good, it would probably just be an average pay per view. But it yeah. was just good. But anyway, two cool were amazing. Grandmaster Sexay teasing the worm, and then when he hit the worm, the crowd just went absolutely insane. Sky too high.
0: What did I say? You said Grandmaster Sexy. i so sorry. He does not worm, he my friend. He does not worm. He doesn't do anything anymore. <laughs> it's been a week, dude. <laughs> oh, just quickly. Uh, before we move on, very sad. Brian Lord is dead. Um, yeah, boo-hoo. But um, the, um, did you see that guy that follows us on Twitter who i'm not gonna say who he is but um occasionally we look at his page because we find it quite funny and he um he put this this card uh, so he put R O P brian lawler and it was like yeah that's true rest in peace brian and then like th- three minutes later he shared a retweeted a um really graphic hardcore Paul gif it's like uh, I, think, I think he's over it <laughs> he's, he's got over his morning for Brighton uh,
1: <laughs> you, you, you gotta get through these difficult situations any way you can Jesse we've all been there we've all been there uh, oh I love that guy but uh, Scottie Too Hot he hits the worm the crowd just go mental um, and they actually defeat Edge, Christian and Kurt Angle um, Edge and Christian were tag team champions at the time and later on they'd go and face off for the titles and stuff um and then they do the best dance ever i forget how good the dancers the dance that too cool does
0: oh yeah Dad, no it's rad whatever it is so good yeah my favorite my favorite one is in um the royal rumble of, of that year i think it was of that year um when the three of them are in the ring and do it together and then rikishi just dunks them both out
1: <laughs> so good uh after that sets up the triple threat for the european championship which is Eddie Guerrero with China against Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. Now, Eddie shows up in a car with China and he's doing all of his Mama Sita stuff. Dean Malenko comes, meets him in the par- parking lot and does a terrible promo. And then Perry Saturn does an even worse one. He's like half off camera. No one acknowledges <laughs> that he's there and he goes, Yeah, and I'll beat you too. And Eddie's like, Where the fuck did you come from, Perry? <laughs> this match is kind of like the weakest When one. you're.
0: When you're doing promos and you outbore Dean Malenko, <laughs> you need to ask yourself some serious questions, I think. Uh,
1: it, it, they probably couldn't tell where he was looking, you know, they didn't know if they were cutting a promo on him. <laughs> but the triple threat, it, it's a good triple threat, but it would have been so much better if it was just Eddie and Dean. How Perry Saturn was employed for that long at such a high level, I will never understand.
0: He wasn't that good, was he? Was he? It's awful. really weird that he's he's like associated with these three incredible wrestlers with the radicals. And yeah, he got away with that one, didn't
1: he? Yeah, definitely. Um and then it was another Shame at Man big show in a Fool's Count Anywhere match
0: oh really yeah really nearly good. nearly a full nearly a full year before the backlash
1: yes and this one has so much interference in it big boss man comes out big show takes care of him tess albert and trish comes out trish does a great spot tess and albert are on the outside and uh big show chokeslams trish from the ring to the outside nice it's uh yeah brilliant and then tess keeps getting involved and eventually shane hits big show with a cinder block and and wins the match And it's, uh, really fucking good. Also throughout this pay-per-view is, like, Gerald Briscoe was the hardcore champion at this time. And people just kept beating Uh, him up backstage.
0: Weirdly, I was playing, um... What was I playing? Smackdown on the PlayStation 1 a couple of weeks ago. Um, great game. And I I only play it mainly because you can play as Dimalenko. He's like the the only wrestling game that is a character on. But, um... I was playing through and I unlocked him as a character. And he comes out doing Hulk Hogan's moves. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan would have been at WCW when this game was released. Brilliant. And so, yeah, they just bring out Gerald Briscoe, just like doing all the Hulk Hogan Patty, moves, his entrance Patty on the game, w. which is quite
1: fun. Gerald Briscoe around this time. So he wins the hardcore title by pinning Crash Holly while he's mm. asleep. Because this was part of the whole 24 hour (laughs) rule. So Crash Holly was asleep backstage and Gerald Briscoe pins him. The best thing that happens from this, um, Pat Patterson. Are we sure
0: he was asleep?
1: (laughs) He did choke in his death. Why don't you? Yeah, I know, (laughs) I know. Pat Patterson helps him retain it and then as he's helping him celebrate, Patterson pours champagne in his eyes, breaks a bottle over his head and then pins him. And then the resulting feud in this is they have a hardcore evening gown match. Two men in their 60s in an evening gown hardcore match. I fucking love wrestling.
0: That's brilliant. So Pat Patterson is a former hardcore champion. He as is. Well. This
1: is when you see him come into the ring dressed in
0: drag. It was great. Nice. Um, I bet you loved that. I loved it. And then. He loves karaoke as well, doesn't he, he? He does. He sings my way. If Legends House taught me one thing, he, it's that he loves he to be loves a karaoke. I loves singing
1: my way. And he gets emotional next <laughs> we had Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho submission match for the Intercontinental Championship uh, this was part of their very long feud over the Intercontinental Championship that is too long to go into detail about but it goes on for a fucking long time and it's a good match we
0: got a good ladder match out of it
1: exactly uh, next was D-Generation X consisting of Road Dogg and X-Pac with Tory against the Dudley Boys and this match is fun yeah, yeah man the ref even takes like a table spot Awesome. And then...
0: Um, is, there, is it a ref we know?
1: I think it's Mike Shinoda. <laughs> Kyoda Mike Keoda. Keoda. Mike, Shinoda. <laughs> Mike Shinoda's from Licker Park.
0: <laughs> Remember the
1: name. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, weirdly in this, Bubba Ray had the fascination with, like, powerbombing Tory through a table. And Gerald Briscoe gets involved in this match as well
0: nice there was a lot of i was gonna say because you you just said about trish as well and and like all through the year 2000 a lot of hot women would get destroyed Mm. and my theory about that is the same reason so like what's the um what's the biggest demographic of wrestling uh males 18 Uh, to 34 especially at this time hey
1: well back then it was males 18 to
0: 34 yes nerdy males right weak nerdy males what do weak nerdy males also love ladies and porn they love a bit of porn they particularly love hardcore aggressive porn where the women are degraded so i think wwf are very deliberately tapping into that it's like this weird like aggressive thing that these nerdy guys they're like oh i can't have any hot girls so i'll just watch them get like degraded that makes me feel good yeah fuck you for being hot do you know what i mean and it happens in their porn and it happened in their wrestling as well. And that's why it was so popular at the time.
1: That is a really troubling analogy.
0: But I think there's some weight to write it. Write an article on it. I will. That's a good idea. I'm going to write an article about it. The, yeah, nerds and liking aggression towards hot, the hot women that they desire but will never that have. I
1: expect hardcore in it.
0: <laughs> I'll tap I'll tap at that guy on yes. Twitter can sort of, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the main event was a 60 minute Ironman match for the WWF Championship with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee Triple H when he was with Stephanie McMahon and Mr McMahon against The Rock and nice. it was fucking good like the, you know like in 60 minute Ironman matches the crowd get bored after 20 minutes and then they tune back in for the last yeah. 5 crowd were hot throughout this whole thing it nice. ends 6-5 and it's great because like Sean takes a knockdown at the end, then all of the corporation, whatever they were being called at the time, gets involved, and they're just beating the shit out of the rock, and then this is when Undertaker comes back as American Badass, and he comes down on his motorcycle, he gets in the ring, and he fucking wrecks everybody, and the crowd are just losing their mind at the Undertaker coming back and just destroying stuff. Um, But it ends in Shawn Michaels Because it was like Tied at this point And because of his interference Shawn came round And it had to be A a disqualification So Triple H Ah. Did retain
0: Bastard See This is things that The network spoils Because I love watching moments like that Like when the Taker When Taker comes back But Because they don't have rights To the kid rock music He was using at the time The music sounds shit And it cans the audience As well And they sound awful and it completely ruins the moment yeah that's true
1: because they don't have like um, when Hogan came back with like Voodoo Child and stuff yeah and that's cool like that's really cool but you can't enjoy that moment not fully. not Yeah, not with the same pop as what it had previously. No, it sounds awful. It's uh, but Judgment Day 2000 was such a great start to, like, y- you knew you were in for a good time for the rest of the year. It was just really good. And I think they had to... Was just the pay-per-view? Yeah, so originally in this slot was Over the Edge, May 1999. And obviously they had to change that because of Owen's death the year previously. Uh, so this is yes. where Judgment Day stopped being a in-your-house event and became an actual pay-per-view.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't fun know fact. that. That's interesting. There you go. Fun facts. Trivia. Um, I always forget as well that um, between 98 and 2002, Shawn Michaels was still around, like, quite yeah. a bit. Was it Like, he'd still pop up, wouldn't he? I'd always forget that. It feels like he was just gone when he stopped wrestling in 98 and came back in 2002. But, yeah, he was commissioner. He was in these matches. He was all over the yeah, place.
1: Yeah, he, he never went away, really. He up. Yes.
0: But he was still there.
1: Yeah, exactly. He was still a, a mainstay. But it, f- it felt like um, when he came back at SummerSlam, you're right. The way they played it up, he had been gone since 97.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, Check out uh, Judgment Day 2000. It is
0: sweet. Uh, by number three, is... I'm going... Um, I, hmm. uh, this is a WrestleMania. Oh. Um, but it's not... The one that you might think it is this is WrestleMania 19. You son of a bitch! Sorry, have I stolen it? What number was it for you? Uh,
1: my number three, so my next one. But I was oh, nice. I was That's... torn. Oh, no. I was torn between two WrestleManias. So you've made a decision for me.
0: Nice. You can go for the other one. So I know I was saying earlier that 17 is the greatest one of all time, which it is. But I was too young to appreciate that at the time. I wasn't too young to not appreciate WrestleMania 19, which I think. Is another very underrated um, WrestleMania in general. Um, it didn't do well box office wise. It did appallingly bad, which is mad when you think like they. And the reason it did bad is because they put all of their marketing towards Vince versus Hogan. Yes, and people just didn't care as much as they thought they cared about that match. People cared about Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar. If they'd like marketed that more. I think it would have been a much more successful pay-per-view. Or even Stone Cold The Rock.
1: Yeah, this was kind of the turn when people were starting to just appreciate wrestling. And you look at the three greatest matches of this pay-per-view. Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Rock Austin, Brock and Kurt Angle. They're just wrestling matches. Yeah. And they're what everyone remembers.
0: Yeah. I just think there's not a duff match on this card. The Ray-Matt Hardy opener is great. Ray's first main Race first mania, yeah. Um, and Matt Hardy's first mania as a singles competitor. Mm. Um, with Shannon Moore, his little mf'er at um, ringside. That was good. It
1: took me way too long to figure out that joke.
0: Oh, I, I worked out like last week. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, it's little M- been, M- It's been M- a long time. M- yeah. M- oh, motherfucker. <laughs> oh. um, uh, what else have we got? Undertaker a, in a handicap match against Big Show at A Train because they realised that Nathan Jones was way too green to have a mania match. Yep
1: you couldn't Um, even do the spin kick at the end.
0: No, that should have disqualified Undertaker, by the way. Nathan Jones coming in and doing that spin kick.
1: Because they changed it to a handicap match and then leave it open as a tag match. Exactly. So the streak died
0: with... So that's where the streak should have died, just with bad bad refereeing, it didn't. Um... Uh, we've got the uh, Miller-like catfight girls against Keebler and Wilson in my personal match of the century.
1: <laughs> so, for our anniversary, we're finally going to be doing our top five favourite matches because, logically, we haven't done it yet. And I'm, I'm guessing that's your number one.
0: Obviously. obviously. It's a um, it's a playboy... I can't remember what they call it. A, is it. No, not a playboy, anything. Is it just a pillow fight? I don't know what, that, what it is. But, yeah, they're all in bed hitting each other with pillows. It's um, it's a bloodbath. Um... Uh, but the, the proper women's match was really good. Trish, Victoria and Jazz. Do you remember? That's when, when I... When Stevie Richards true... does the iconic <laughs> um, hitting himself in the head with a chair. Which
1: uh, Kyle O'Reilly replicated beautifully at War Games.
0: He did, yeah. And I see it as a Stevie Richards homage. Yeah,
1: so did I. So did I. This is when I first—I know it sounds bad, but this is like when I first started going. Oh, I'm going to take women seriously. Bearing in mind people jumping really? on the bandwagon, I was quite young at the time. But like, I—I I enjoyed women's matches, but I—I I never really kind of paid attention to them before this. But this triple threat, I thought Jazz was fantastic. Victoria, Trish, all—all good.
0: I enjoyed this match, but I still wasn't taking women seriously as wrestlers until about two years ago.
1: Until the we told you to,
0: yeah, basically, <laughs> like yes, I just I just didn't care. Before. Well, no, and that's not true. I I cared back then because we had Trish, Lita, Victoria, like you say, Molly, Holly, some really good talents. And, but then there was this weird period of like 2000, and basically when Trish retired, after that it was just models, wasn't it? Because. Trish was a model who they turned yeah. into a great wrestler. so They thought they could do Roger, it to all these other people and to uh
1: Layla, Eva Mendez, you know.
0: Yeah, just loads of um very attractive I'm sure very lovely women. Yeah. But none of them could wrestle at all. And so it was awful. So it really damaged damaged the um damaged the genre. But, um, away from that, we got Booker T, Triple H, which I think is a very good match, with the exception of the finish, which makes me physically sick to this day. Um, oh, can we just quick, we talk th- about it quite We do, but
1: like, think. when you talk about a character who has been, oh, he's been in prison, he's, you know, and he, and Lawler is guilty for this, for doing it for like, the whole match, he keeps playing up that he's like this criminal and it's a black stereotype and that he's a bad person for going to prison... Surely, logically, storyline wise, Booker T gets to win to prove that. Ah, oh, it's just so stupid. He's
0: come out the other side. Yeah, it's the ultimate underdog babyface story, except Triple H wins at the end.
1: The, and uh... the,
0: the thing that annoys me the most about it, not only does Triple H win, but he hits Booker T with a pedigree after kicking out of Booker T's finisher, by the way, and takes about 30 seconds to get over to Booker T and pin him like which just do you know what i mean it's like i kicked out of your finisher i hit you with my finisher once i didn't pin you for fucking ages and you still didn't kick out that's how fucking strong i am yeah and that really pisses me off as well
1: dead wcw talent
0: yeah uh we get hulk hogan vince mcmahon hulk hogan coming out to voodoo Child, which i really really like and i do have this on dvd so I, i do tend to watch it just so i can hear that pop and cool music and stuff because it's so much better than um, the lameness that they stuck on the network.
1: And our third Um, great uh, Blade job and what I would say is probably one of the most iconic images of the Mr. McMahon character when he is getting the lead pipe and the camera work on this is fantastic just from the other side of the ring you just see Vince McMahon slowly creep up from the other side of the apron blood (laughs) dripping holding on like he's a serial killer it's so good
0: it is awesome. It's really good. Um, we get um, Carlos Caber- Cableres, whatever his name is, the Spanish commentator. Um, he does a blade job as well. well. Yeah, he
1: gets it with a chair, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah,
0: he does. Yeah. <laughs> the players, can you imagine, like, the meeting beforehand where it's like, <laughs> I'm what? <laughs> You're yeah. blading. You're blading this. <laughs>
1: <podcast."> <laughs> and Roddy um, Piper comes back, which was... Roddy like...
0: Piper comes back with the biggest stomach. Like, he's just such a fat bitch in this... Um, when he comes back here
1: you, you know what i love about this era of wrestling is fans weren't treated like idiots you were you were meant to know your history of wrestling you're meant to know who the top guys are you know roddy piper and big gone for i don't even know how long um and he comes out from the crowd trench coat rips it off to reveal he's roddy piper and the crowd know exactly who is it who it is and they lose their shit because it's roddy piper
0: I think his last appearance would have been WrestleMania with gold dust.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like last WrestleMania, definitely. Um Maybe he
0: did a few rules after or something. Yeah. But yeah.
1: But um yeah, the crowd weren't treated like idiots. It was like, you know who this guy is, he's he's a fucking legend. But it's just you wouldn't get that now, I don't think. No, I
0: don't think so. Um how long until we see Hulk Hogan back on our screens do you think?
1: Oh god. Well they've had the 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 so the meeting, haven't they? Which, yeah. which I, when I was reading the reports and what like Titus and Big E said, it wasn't an apology. It was a "don't get caught,
0: don't get caught." He, yeah, he didn't at one point. Say, so he was recorded for saying, "I suppose I am a racist," and he didn't apologize for saying he was a racist. He apologized for being recorded. Yeah, saying that. And like
1: everyone needs to go back and just look at exactly what he said on that tape and just go, "No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you back," but. But he's but
0: he's still the Hulkster, and we love him. He's still and the
1: Hulkster and he's still gonna come back to a hero's welcome and it's disgusting.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, dear old Hulk. Do you think he's still um do you think he still keeps blades at his mustache just in case just in case he gets the <laughs> cool? call?
1: They're all in his bandana. They're like sewn in there. That's what they are. Yeah, probably he's just holding the just... holding the, the cut closed until he needs it.
0: I hope he, I hope he um, slipped a, slipped a blade, to Carlos, in this WrestleMania 19 match from his mustache. He probably
1: just did it. He probably just like rubbed his mustache along the top of him.
0: <laughs> Come here, El Brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, let's move on from Hogan. <laughs> okay, Um Stone Cold's last ever match, which was not advertised again. Great not era advertised. of wrestling because he was just like, JR no. Knew. Jayani. JR knew his last
0: match and when you listen to JR's commentary on this match he's calling his tits off because he knows that yeah. and he even stamps out Jerry Lawler trying to say like stupid King style stuff Like he just shuts him up because JR wants to call this match properly because he knows it's Austin's last match and no one else does yeah. and it's great and King
1: was unbearable in this Wrestlemania
0: yeah and um, funnily enough talking about King quickly um, I actually heard one line that I really liked from King watching some old wrestling the other day um they were hey what reminded me of it was you saying about judgment day being in a southern town and i think they were in um, alabama for this old pay-per-view and it was around the same sort of time 2000 or something and jerry king lawless said alabama's got 4.6 million people in it and only eight surnames." <laughs>
1: <laughs> he could that's a good line he could I get good he I, I do love a bit yeah. of Lawler. uh but yeah great match and and This match is even more punctuated for how good it is when you watched a WrestleMania documentary that came out the following year.
0: Which is on the extras of the WrestleMania 20 DVD, which is well worth buying just for this documentary alone. Yeah, it was
1: like, so everyone bums WE24 now. This was the first WE24.
0: (laughs) That's just such a retro thing to say. I know, I haven't
1: said that in ages.
0: Everyone bums it.
1: (laughs) It means they love it, Jesse. Bumming is love. So... (laughs) And they punctuated <laughs> so great because, like, Stone Cold was not well before this match at all.
0: No god, he like, well, he just beaten up Deborah, which um, you know, I mean, we've all we've all done it, and um, drunk loads of um, drunk loads of energy drinks, and had a panic attack, basically. Mm.
1: Had to go into and. And his neck
0: was like hanging by a thread or something, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, I just. And we've mentioned it before, but I don't know why. It's not a famous promo, but the promo The Rock gives before going out to that match is one of the best promos
0: ever. Oh, backstage with Coach, yep. you mean? As Hollywood Rock Yeah yeah yeah. Act one and act two, they don't matter. The one everyone remembers everyone remembers is Act Three. And he takes his sunglasses off, looks Coach right in the eyes. It is great.
1: Oh, so good. And
0: oh, they have a great Who'd have thought who'd have thought The Rock could be an actor?
1: Who knew? He could probably do well for himself, um, but a great, great, great match, and I feel like it's the perfect kind of fairy tale ending to their feud and the build up to it as well. You know, it. I wish they would just kind of package stuff together, like the Raws before WrestleMania, so you could just go back and watch them. Right? I'm a lazy millennial. I don't want to go back and forth and back and forth. Just put it all in one place <laughs> for me. Yeah.
0: No. And you. you'll see how good awesome. this match is. Yep. Completely agree. Also, The Rock, Hollywood Rocks entrance, one of my favourite wrestling entrances of all time. It's cooking. Ah, oh, it's so cool, isn't it? I just love it. That the screen that it takes over the whole screen, and you're watching the helicopter flying and it over takes Hollywood. Ages,
1: which makes you angry. It takes
0: ages, yeah, and then he's cooking, like you said, and then it's got that sort of remix of his music, but it's a bit slower. The Rock's just walking out, and ah, oh, it's such a good entrance.
1: Rock turning heel was great. Like Rock's been here, brilliant. brilliant past with like corporation, all that kind of stuff. But this was this was his like moment,
0: Hollywood Rock. Yeah, just nothing better. That was his character on. And um, here comes the pain as well, which is my personal favorite um, wrestling game that was ever released. So I used to love playing as Hollywood Rock on that.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, I love this. And when Rock gets the jacket on and Austin just beats the shit out of him for ages. <laughs> and yeah. And it takes. Yeah. And this is how good they send stone cold out it takes three rock bottoms to put him away
0: yeah that's cool i like that and they hit each other with each other's finishes don't they in that match which is cool yes
1: uh, i always um, think rock hits a mean stone cold stunner
0: yeah he does and he's the best seller of the stone cold stunner as well of all time he is
1: no one else can do it scott hall is second
0: <sighs> oh yeah because he sort of falls to his knees and then back to his feet doesn't he before he gets yeah. <laughs> um but um on um, Stone Cold's jacket that you wore for that match, it said OMR. Do you know what that stood for? Uh, no. One more round. Oh. There you go. Subtle. bit of trivia. Subtle. Yeah. I like there it. There you go. And then obviously, um, just quickly before we move on, um, Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle as the main event, which wasn't scheduled to be the main event. It was only the main event because Austin was like, I, I'm not confident enough to put on a good match, so I don't want to go on last. But it was going to be Austin Rock. Oh. Um and so, last minute, her Angle and Brock Lesnar were the main event of the whole thing. Absolutely tear the house down with one of the best wrestling matches. Um, Lesnar attempts to shoot at Star Press that we all know about. We don't need to talk about that that much. Lands on his fucking head. Um, <laughs> I always have still... Ric
1: Flair in the documentary going, thank God he was doing all those neck bridges, otherwise he'd be dead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, and in this documentary that we were on about, that's on the Mania 20 DVD, you see Lesnar backstage like a fucking like wild animal people are trying to help oh, him yeah stephanie's like
1: yeah, the fuck yeah stephanie said it was like trying to control a bear he was just yeah. he didn't know where he was he like he was concussed to fuck and he still kind of there was only a couple of minutes left of the match but he still knocked it out uh but you could see when he's reaching for the title and he can't find it and there's just that glazed look over his eyes yeah
0: well the shooting star press was supposed to be the finish that was—he was supposed to land it. That was supposed to be the end of the match. What a brilliant ending! And that was it. So yeah, he obviously didn't work out, but he was still able to hit that F five.
1: Yeah, and all credit to—and um, Angle broke his neck as well. It was—he did, yeah. I think it was when he was going for an ankle lock, and Brock pushed him off, and he just went smack into the mat.
0: Yeah when you watch that match, and you, go, you know how damaged his neck is. And he knows how damaged his neck is. And you're like, oh, he's probably going to take it easy then. And he's just like, he's bumping like a bitch. Like, he's just <laughs> flying around, like, slamming into the mat as hard as he can. Kurt Angle was an absolute madman.
1: He wants to die in that ring.
0: He, and I'm sure he will. He'll find a way.
1: He'll find a way.
0: <laughs> Vader, Vader did his absolute best, didn't he? Yeah. And um, only just missed out on it, really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he was like, that Osprey. That Osprey will get my heart racing enough. That'll do it.
0: Yeah, he, d- he really did try hard. He was real awful grace from his real today.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the man's dead. R.I.P. <laughs> WrestleMania 19, excellent choice. So, my number three, because we've been talking a fucking long time about these. Yeah, gonna be, this is
0: going to be a really long one. <laughs> Maybe we should have done crossovers.
1: <laughs> uh, we're in too deep now, Jesse. Right, my number three was going to be WrestleMania 19, but I have switched it now to WrestleMania
0: Twenty-two. Twenty-two? This was headlined by... Let me take you on a journey. Okay, through time and space.
1: Through time and space. Uh, so this was the big time, and it was Peter Gabriel doing the theme tune, which oh, God, yeah. already makes you go, this isn't going to be great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? What what, what's
1: happening here? Um, but it turned out to be an absolute stonker of a great, great pay-per-view and this is the one i was talking about where if the crowd weren't in it i don't think this would have been as good so obviously it was main evented with john c is it chicago chicago so yeah. this is the pay-per-view that like everyone shits on everything they're not meant to Trish is getting booed over the psycho Mickey James, John Cena, Triple H having the back and forth, which has now become a kind of staple in wrestling. Please don't,
0: please don't just skate over the Mickey James Trish. No, no, no! I'm going to go through this card. I'm going to go through this
1: card. Uh, So Big Show and Kane against Carlito and Chris Masters is actually a solid opening match.
0: Random as shit. But Random yeah. as
1: shit, but really good. The Money in the Bank ladder match is Rob Van Dam wins it by beating Bobby Lashley, Finley, Hardy, Flair, and Benjamin. Flair in this Money in the Bank ladder match, is, it just shouldn't have happened.
0: Uh, I saw when he gets like stretched out and then comes back.
1: Yeah, he should and, have had the day
0: uh, off. He's an absolute mess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in a Money in the Bank ladder match, Flair?
0: I just remember him like every bump he takes, he's just like, oh God, <laughs> he's
1: in so much pain. shawn Benjamin's flipping all over the place and Rick's like, where am I? Yeah, what's going on? Oh, uh, Great money in the bank. There's a lot of like, yeah, Finley Why Rick is Booker T here? <laughs> Vince. Um, JBL takes the US title of Chris Benoit, which was a shame, but actually not a bad match for a JBL match. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, Benoit got good out of
1: him. And then we get into Edge and Mick Foley in a hardcore match.
0: Oh yeah, with Lita looking absolutely smoking. I feel like we talked about this recently, and I talked about how gorgeous Lita was at least once in this match. Yeah, yeah. uh
1: This, this, I think this was like one of my one or two best gimmick matches because uh, it is for WWE at this stage to put on a hardcore match of that level. On their yeah. grandest stage when all the press and all the sponsors are watching is impressive. Yeah, you're
0: right. Yeah, fair play to them. Absolutely.
1: You've got tax, You've got flaming tables. You've got women taking barbed wire socks to the face. Again, yeah. hardcore uh, fans. My, yeah, think exactly. Socks and barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely great match. Uh, the Boogeyman defeated Booker T and Sharmell Sha- Sha- which was a handicap match. He used the worms on Sharmell. Sha-
0: oh yeah and i love that as well because in this build-up to the storyline booker t uh, sorry boogeyman had been like haunting booker t so booker t was like freaked out to shit and when he comes out for his entrance his own pyro freaks him oh, out yes he, does. <laughs> <laughs> he goes off behind him and he like really shits himself which is brilliant booker t was amazing
1: it was a great little sleeper match in the middle of the card it was yeah barely like four minutes i think but it was so much fun
0: booker t's really underrated for his like comedy do you know what i mean it just is like stupid especially when he was a heel like his sort of cowardly acting and stuff he was really really good at it
1: yes definitely uh yeah i miss boogie man he, he was a fun character uh, he made
0: himself so ill with those words oh yeah
1: he ate live worms of course you would
0: yeah he would like just he'd be like vomiting and be so ill all the time but that's how <laughs> and much he still he works was... the gimmick on the indies that's what i don't get i know and he looks exactly the same like he's still got like like he's really ripped, dude, isn't he? When you actually look at it, but yeah. he's still like that now, and he was old then. He must be ancient now. <laughs> times passed. He's old,
1: and exactly. and then we get. He's got
0: that big clock. He should know. All this times passed.
1: <laughs> Good one. And then um, <laughs> we get onto the women's match, which was Mickey James and Trish Stratus. Probably one of the best women's matches, I would say. If we were going to do a top
0: Up until up until um sasha bailey came along yeah
1: this was the benchmark i would
0: say it was it was i would say this was my favorite women's match yeah
1: because yeah. uh, I, I actually watched it yesterday because there's this new thing on the network where superstars pick their favorite matches and this is oh, ha- cool. how this ended up in my top five because um sasha's done the first episode and she put mickey james Tristratus in there
0: do they talk about it as well? Yeah, she
1: talks about it at the start, and then they show the match and stuff. It's it's a cool, oh, cool little idea, actually. So they're nice. they're so doing the top five, yeah, um, and it's so good. Like Mickey James, this is kind of a first big match, and she's the psycho fan of Trish Stratus, and um, she they have a great match. They have great chemistry. They always have an infamous I was so worried they were gonna cut it out but they showed a proper crotch grab. They don't show the lick of the did fingers, they? but they showed the a crotch grab.
0: But they don't show a lick of the fingers no, afterwards. They cut to the crowd for uh, that. Uh, that's money. But the grab is good. <laughs> that, um the reaction from the crowd was incredible when she did that was it just it? shocked it was so
1: everyone everyone went oh no
0: Yeah <laughs> Mickey James was like twenty when she had this They said well. her
1: age and it really upset me.
0: It's ridiculous, isn't she it? She was
1: so young and I was just like, oh, yeah. I've wasted my life. <laughs> <laughs> but they have um, unbelievable chemistry and Mickey James, like, um, she gets the advantage because Trish goes for a chick kick on the outside and hits the ring post um, oh. and then she works the leg, but not in a boring way, you know, like they do when they do the injured body part shit. Um, and then, yeah, she hits her, with her own chick kick and gets the win and walks out with the women's championship.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy. Unexpected. Yeah. And then and then got screamed at by Vince McMahon and reduced to tears as soon as she went backstage apparently because of the finger licking bit.
1: Yes, but we're still talking about it and yeah, the crowd it was lost a great their moment. shit. So back off Vince.
0: Yeah. uh And you can still find it on Daily Motion. Yes, you
1: can. Jesse knows the link. <laughs> Message him if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> then you had Undertaker mark Henry in a casket match. Everyone forgets Ryan. that happened.
0: Yeah, um, and to be fair, you I mean, it's laughable to say it now, but at the time, Mark Henry had been booked to feel like he could possibly be a bit of a threat. Yeah, the build-up to it
1: was definitely a case of me thinking, oh, yeah, maybe it could happen. That's why they were so good each year of making you think that Undertaker was going to lose. Yeah. Um, now, I want to go through those quickly because we're on to another, not great Vince McMahon play job, but a Vince McMahon moment nonetheless, when it was Sean McMahon... <laughs> But, I did it. I did a JR. (laughs) Sean Sean McMahon. McMahon, Shane Michaels. (laughs) Shawn Michaels versus Mr. McMahon in a no holds barred match is one of the funniest, greatest wrestling matches you will ever watch in your life.
0: It's one of my... Because we watched this WrestleMania live together. We did. It's um, one of the fondest memories of my entire lifetime is watching this match with you. (laughs) Honestly, like, there's, there's not... I don't think I've been as happy since. Me
1: neither. (laughs) (laughs) He says through tears. My life life peaks
0: when
1: I watch this match (laughs) with you. Uh, So for context of why this match is so funny, so Vince McMahon was the cover star of Muscle and Fitness, age 60 at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 62,
1: whatever he was. The most
0: orange tan. Orange tan.
1: He was in great shape. He comes out there with his Muscle and Fitness and like a, a board... Uh, so he can stand next to it and pose to it. First thing Shawn Michaels does is he grabs it and smashes it over McMahon's head. And McMahon has the reaction that he's either getting sodomized from behind or he's having a heart attack. <laughs> and he... he's just like paralyzed but
0: slightly twitching.
1: <laughs> and he carries it on for a good 10 minutes. And we were concerned yet thoroughly entertained.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the other bit as well when. Um when Shaw michaels brings the massive ladder out from under the oh ring god yeah and it just zooms in onto Shaw michaels's face and just the look of glee on Shaw michaels's <laughs> face is brilliant he's like got his eyes scrunched up closed and his mouth open in this massive smile <laughs> like, he's just so happy
1: and then he dives off of it i've never seen a ladder that big since Ever,
0: no, it's ridiculous. It's like it's sarcastically big. That ladder, <laughs>
1: it's like a comedy
0: sketch. Yeah. He drops an elbow <laughs> on him
1: while he's wearing a trash can through a table. Yeah, it's just I don't remember McMahon getting any offense in. Oh, doesn't Spirit Squad come out? Isn't that the offense?
0: Spirit Squad come in. That yeah. So Shame McMahon Man comes out and so does. Doesn't, um, oh yeah, and
1: he gets handcuffed
0: to the Shame McMahon Man. Shame Man gets handcuffed, handcuffed and Sean
1: yeah. just beats him. As JR would say, yeah. like a government with mule a with stick. a kendo stick.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Spirit Squad do come out, and, and um, that takes a bit of life out of the match, if you ask me, to be honest. And
1: doesn't Shane kiss uh, Vince's ass?
0: Yes, yeah, he pushes, um, yeah, Sean pushes Shane's face into <sighs> the ass crack of his arm. Oh, and
1: JR's commentary. It's the funniest match ever.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, JR, JR's really aggressively, like, Hating on Vince throughout the whole thing, isn't it? You're "You're a 62 year old man showing your ass on national on pay per view.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How does Daddy's ass taste? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great match. If you just and he really, he really shoves it in. Oh, he goes deep. He goes deep. (laughs) Yeah. Oh fuck! I love that match so much. But that more happened, and then you had the very serious World Heavyweight Championship match. After that, Rey Mysterio beats Randy Orton and Kurt Angle. Should have been a wonderful moment. It was for Eddie, Viva La Raza. Chicago shits on it.
0: Yeah, Randy Orton shouldn't have been in that match. Nope. Should have been Kurt Angle. Remember Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio at SummerSlam. Great match. Exactly. Imagine what they could have done at Mania yep. with a bit of time. I know.
1: I love this match. I thought it was a really good triple threat. Uh, but to crowd just shit on Ray's win. And then Vicky and Charler yeah. have to come out clapping in their morning attire while the crowd booed <laughs> a widow and the dead uncle's nephew.
0: Yeah. God bless you, Chicago. <laughs>
1: and then the final match is John Cena versus Triple H for the WE Championship. Both come out with low-budget... B movie entrances which is just great Triple H is on a throne that rises from the ground and he looks so pissed off
0: it's his first ever King of Kings sort of style entrance it is you know, that yeah,
1: did, I think. yeah. Um, and he comes up and he looks so angry but he's meant to be looking serious John Cena comes out <laughs> looking like a 1920s pervert yeah he's in a yeah. long overcoat in jorts so all you just see is an overcoat and just naked legs and then he whips it open <laughs> and fires out his Tommy gun
0: yeah that's weird Um, yeah and his weird naked legs and he's always shaved his legs as well which um, has always disturbed me a little bit and um, CM Punk's debut he was riding on the the car Um,
1: and this was a really great match between two people that really should have from what came on previously it should have really killed the crowd but they were just loving it they were eating it up because they hated John Cena Cena, but you were meant to hate Triple H and uh, the crowd were just doing whatever the hell they wanted and that's what makes these so much fun Um, and I loved it John Cena did win by making Triple H tap out which as we've known previously is a huge deal Um, STFU STFU, and it was yeah it's fun and this was the last Mania that was held in an arena so every other one past yes. that was a uh, football stadium this was the last kind of intimate wrestlemania there ever was
0: and you lose the that's probably helped as well because like chicago are, are a loud crowd anyway but in a venue like that they're going to be even louder because in the big football stadiums and stuff you sort of lose the sound sometimes oh completely it just goes up. yeah
1: yeah the the crowds don't sound anywhere near i hate the football stadiums i really do yeah i missed i've been watching like wrestlemania 20 uh 21 was also in a smaller smallish arena it looks like if you go back and watch wrestlemania 21 now it looks like the arenas that they just use for a general raw
0: it's mad isn't it when you think about it? this is how i know we're getting old because i watch like wrestling that doesn't feel that old to me and it looks like it was recorded in 1985 yeah. do you know yeah. what i mean like and the way the little venues they're playing that looked huge to me when i was a kid it's yeah ridiculous. it's like when
1: we used to watch the 80s stuff and there just used to be a curtain and that was it and, and yeah, that was exactly. the same way. It's it. It's depress I'm sad. I'm sad. And yeah.
0: Me too. But yeah,
1: 22, kind of an underrated WrestleMania, I feel. But it's a solid card and a fun card. There's a lot of like weird matches to break up in between. You got hardcore matches, handicap casket matches. I even forgot to mention the Playboy pillow fight between Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle.
0: There's always a pillow There's fight. There's always a pillow There's fight. An, every every good pay per view has a right? pillow
1: fight. So um, yeah, good Jesse talk.
0: <laughs> okay. Um I'm I'm definitely stealing one of yours here. This is um another Survivor series, Survivor Series two thousand and two. This was the next one, you yeah. son of a bitch. Sorry, there's no way that we can oh, shit. Um, I've
1: gotta come up with an alternate now.
0: Not mention it. Yeah. You you told me you came up with loads of alternates. I do, I have quite a lot. I bet you don't. I bet <laughs> you you're floundering lot. right now, I bet you're panicking. <laughs> um Carry on. that this so we've been talking about the other pay-per-views because like they had landmark matches. There is no bad match on this card.
1: No, not at all.
0: It's it's incredible. It's just from the opener um who is it? Is it um Jamie Noble Billy Kidman for God's sake. Like I thought it was I a mean, table that, match that opened. But, oh no, it was. I'm not talking about the opener. I'm just talking about like matches that you wouldn't necessarily oh, go. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a great match. But um like that one was he had a table match with um what was it three minute warning against um the
1: Dudley boys the Dudleys
0: um, and Jeff randomly yes
1: uh so it was Isn't Bubba it? Ray Spike and Jeff so no Devon uh against Jamal and Rosie and Rico and Rico I'll always remember the the fuck up on the spot so like Rico's hanging on the top rope wobbling back and forward and it's when Bubba's meant to come in and eliminate him and it's almost a where the fuck is Vicky moment because Bubba's yes. just not there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's, it's it's a great match and jeff like destroys himself in this match i remember when he yeah. was doing the the uh the tightrope walk along the the barrier and he just gets a table thrown at him
0: he's got this amazing ability He certainly did back then to just ragdoll himself yes. didn't he you know how they talk about um in drunk driving accidents most a lot of the time the drunk driver won't get as hurt as other people in the accident because they're drunk so they're just all loose and rag dolly they don't think to tense up because they're pissed and that actually saves them from like really damaging themselves a lot of the time uh jeff hardy's the same because he's on his tits all the time so he's just flying around the ring just as like a rag doll and so he he never so he never gets any permanent injuries yeah you know what i mean even though he's being like thrown off ridiculous stuff
1: yeah. Um, and I think that's what's helped him all these years. He's stiffening up now. Not as bad as I Matt. Agree. Matt, uh, Matt's a prime Sobriety's example. Matt's the
0: worst thing Jeff Hardy ever did.
1: <laughs> Matt is the worst example of why you should never do leg drops of high things for your career. Because he now because his walks. His spine's now yeah. two
0: feet shorter than he used to be. <laughs> he just walks around like, <laughs> like a little action figure. Um... He walks around, yeah. He walks around like William Regal did when he used to wrestle, you know, like walking around in the ring, like you're going to get a midnight snack, but you don't want to wake up your wife.
1: (laughs) I love that. Uh, Also, I I feel like Survivor Series, this one is so special because of the arena. I miss Madison Square Garden when you had that central focus aisle with the opening Titantron, and it was all circular to that entranceway. The last time they used it was Royal Rumble 2008. Yes. And it was just That was awesome. So cool how you had that little opening.
0: So they didn't use it for WrestleMania twenty, which is also at Madison Square Garden. Um, but they did like have the graphic up there mm. throughout the whole match. Do you remember? So when you were watching stuff at Mania Twenty on hardcam, you had like the cool graphic of um, whatever match was on
1: yeah whilst, which means they whilst could have used it, the match, but obviously you wouldn't for wrestlemania because you need a big stage and stuff but yeah i think they yeah, then and, that, and
0: they had that awesome floor at wrestlemania 20 with all the lights and stuff yes. at the top of the ramp do you remember yeah yeah and i think they yeah don't you can't sacrifice that and i
1: think they then remodeled and it's just gone now but i i love the feel of it it was great um yeah. victoria Tr- trish in a hardcore match
0: First women's hardcore
1: match, I believe. It was very
0: good. They used used ironing boards because they're women. Yeah,
1: of course. But the best spot is when I think they wedged a trash can into the corner and then did the old uh, flip the face up into it. And Victoria's nose bled.
0: Yes, uh, I think it was Trish. No, it was Trish that bled. Trish that bled. Yeah, but but even then, oddly, and weirdly now kind of as well, it's weird seeing women bleed in wrestling. It's still jars in a way that it doesn't with blokes and i don't know why but certainly certainly back then it was like a massive thing wasn't it to see trish stratus bleed
1: they didn't even make a big thing out of it it was just like
0: i think they were trying to ignore it because it wasn't deliberate
1: no i mean just the hardcore match in general they didn't make a big oh, thing right, out of. Okay. it was just i don't even remember it being advertised or built up it was just suddenly they're you know, just gonna beat the shit out of each other
0: just happened
1: yeah yeah and it was it was great victoria deserves way more credit than she gets. The fact that she wasn't oh God, yeah. brought back for the Royal Rumble or being one of the pioneers of the women division just pissed me off to no end.
0: That's such a shame. Can you imagine that tattoo song hitting um, at the Women's Royal Rumble? So good. Like, that would have been awesome. Why
1: the fuck did we have Michelle McCool and Kelly Kelly instead of Victoria?
0: Yeah. It's, yeah it's I not hate not right. Michelle They're McCool. Maybe, I, I can't believe that she... Maybe Victoria turned it down. I can't believe that she wasn't asked. She, I, can't believe I feel it.
1: like she must have been, but uh, yeah. It upsets me. I love you, Victoria.
0: Yes. I am you! <laughs> that's, that's just a yeah. big sign-off. Um, <laughs> I, so, you sound like um, Goldust when he developed his um, Tourette. Did you know um, that he used
1: to keep that up, even out of character? So when they used to go to the airports and stuff, he used to do it at the desk to get a laugh from the boys, but also freak out the attending <laughs> agents. Yeah.
0: He's, a, yeah. he's <laughs> he's a consummate professional that man <laughs> i love him so much uh, um uh big show defeated brought lesnar um for the wwe title big show in jeans no less
1: i lost my which, sh- um, this match blew my goddamn tiny mind
0: right paul heyman turning on lesnar and uh, this was lesnar's face turn really wasn't it it was um lesnar picking up big show for the f5 that's the first time we'd seen that it was like uh, it's not actually going to happen, is it? Oh, it happened and it looked fucking amazing. It did. It was awesome. That's when you're like, this guy is like ridiculous. He's inhuman. Um, big Showy I don't like Big Show in jeans. I don't like wrestlers who wrestle in jeans. You know something's going wrong in their life when they're wearing jeans in the ring. We're looking
1: at you, Dean Ambrose. You shouldn't be that Dean flexible. Ambrose.
0: Can't take him seriously. Cannot take him seriously wearing jeans when you wrestle.
1: I know, it's a big pet peeve of yours.
0: Do you remember when British Bulldog changed to jeans as well? I do embarrassing um <laughs> we got um los carreros um against edge and Rey mysterio and and Kurt angle in a triple threat um elimination tag team match which easy for you to say but it's um, is great it's great but it's not as good as the no mercy match between um edge and ray against benoit and angle the month before it's true in my opinion. uh
1: ray was really off his game in this match Ray Ray missed um, a lot of cues. He was really off time. If you watch the start of this match, he, the timing is really off for a lot of the first half of them.
0: I feel bad talking bad about Ray.
1: I know, right? But you know,
0: he's he's too pure to criticize. We're,
1: we're doing it, okay?
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, but no, yeah, it's still a very good match, though. But who'd have thought that adding Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero to a match would make it not as good? But it did in this occasion it was just too much they just tried to force the smackdown six to do the smackdown six thing yeah exactly but but still good it was still great and um and then the main event we get Shawn michaels um on his big sort of comeback Dutch um uh, yeah it was dutch boy haircut and his shit brown tights not jeans though um beating booker t chris jericho kane rob van damme and triple h who was the champion accompanied by rick flair for the world heavyweight championship Woo! That match was 30... I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page now. It was 39 minutes and 20 seconds long. That's a long match. Yeah, damn long match, but... It was awesome. It was a great match. Um, Rob Van Dam lands on Triple H's throat in the first few minutes and crushes it. Yeah,
1: we've talked about the elimination before. um, And and the reason the first one is so special is because of the build-up on Raw was so goddamn good. Eric Bischoff just comes out and he's like, I was the innovator in WCW, I'm going to innovate again. I've invented an elimination chamber match and all they would show is just like blueprints of it and like just chains being taken out of a van. You'd never actually see what it looked like until the actual pay-per-view until it was lowered down and you went, Oh shit.
0: Apparently that the wrestlers that were in it hadn't even seen it. No, they kept, until it, that day. they
1: kept it so hidden. They didn't want any pictures leaking or anything. And yeah. it, I, I feel like that's just great because I feel like in modern day wrestling, that would have been on the raw beforehand. They would have all stood in their stupid pods and talked smack to each other. Yeah. <laughs> but like, the reveal of it... You, <laughs> Let me out now. <laughs> you, felt like, you felt like you were included in, in the story of like, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they're going to do in this. Or what this thing can do. You had no expectations going in. And I feel like that's what made it so good.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, it was just yeah, you had no idea, and and it and it, but it delivered. It was awesome, which you don't necessarily expect with WWE, do you? Like when they hype something like that, you think, oh, it's gonna be.
1: Yeah, and they didn't do too much. They didn't go mental. I feel like the craziest spot they did was someone getting like put through one of the the pod doors. That was the craziest thing that happened, really.
0: Apart from Triple H's throat, well, yeah, being but crushed. I imagine that wasn't planned. No, it wasn't planned. No. But um, but you know they didn't they didn't
1: happened. blow their load. You know no one went through like one of the walls or no one climbed up to the top and did a crazy flip off of it. They they paced no, themselves yeah, right. and it was just great. You know it was still you knew they were landing on steel when they went over the ropes and it sounded painful. And it just looked so cool. And uh, the it fact is. it was Triple H and Shawn Michaels in the end was brilliant.
0: Yeah, was great. <laughs>
1: i love the way you punctuate my points it really really drives it home
0: yep yeah that was good it was very good good match (laughs) um so that is 2002 fantastic just we went through every match there and there's something good to say about all of them it's true um what is your number two now that I? what is
1: my replacement now this is not my number two obviously favorite pay-per-view but i'm going to add it in because no one talks about it and i do it's in 2009, we're coming to the end of the decade, and everyone's going to be like, there were no good matches past 2004, man, what are you talking about? But there was. Backlash 2009 was fucking brilliant.
0: All I remember about Backlash 2009... Shut up, 2009, it was brilliant. Mem- <laughs> you um, had it on DVD, I did didn't you? I remember that, because I used to watch it around your place, um which was next to the funeral home. That was a strange time of your life. Um, Not the strangest, though. We used to watch... And it was, no. Um, all I remember about that pay-per-view is the botch ending of the six-man tag between Legacy, which was Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase, against Triple H, Shane McMahon, and Batista, was it? Uh,
1: yeah, Batista, Shane, and Triple H, yeah
0: yeah um so randy hits an rko i think and nearly gets a three but the bell goes anyway and then randy just freaks out punts whoever he's triple in the h. ring against triple h and then um gets the proper three count. yeah because that's all i remember
1: <laughs> well let me take you on a journey so the first match is for the ecw championship remember when that happened ecw came back uh. Um, who was who was that between Christian defeated Jack Swagger for the championship this was Christian's first major title
0: it wasn't a major title uh,
1: it was a first title it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the credit of this match yes ECW was shit and the championship didn't mean Jack but uh, Jack Swagger but I didn't really rate Jack Swagger as anything I thought it was a gangly idiot who couldn't wrestle he went to town in That's- this match
0: He's just debuted for Lucha Underground. He isn't has.
1: Me. I've not watched a season for Lucha Underground. Way for outing me.
0: Yeah, well, um, that's embarrassing. I mean, I have made it very open that I hate Lucha Underground and um, think less of anyone who watches it. It's
1: true. Carry um, on. But, uh, yeah, Jack Swagger's got this intensity. He, he was really good as ECW champion. And uh, Christian and Jack Swagger have a great match. It's a, a really good opener that I feel like just set the bar for the rest of the pay for you and went, okay, I'm invested. Um, as you mentioned, this is like the fallout of WrestleMania, so it was now Chris Jericho against Ricky Steamboat, because at WrestleMania, Chris Jericho had faced the legends of Roddy Piper, Ricky Steamboat, and someone else I'm forgetting? Jimmy, Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker, he killed a girl in a hotel room. and Allegedly. Yeah, sure.
0: He died before he was properly convicted.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mickey Rourke got involved and punched Chris Jericho in the face at WrestleMania, but now...
0: He did. And according to Chris Jericho's book, Mickey Rourke had awful beer.
1: I could see that. He smells he looks like he smells like <laughs> onions.
0: He looks like you, you can't smell you can't smell um, video, but if you could I watched a
1: wrestler and I'm like, Oh, who's frying onions? <laughs> Fucking stinks in it. But um they realised that Ricky Steamboat could still wrestle and wrestle well. So they put him in a match with oh, Chris God, Jericho. Yeah. He was so good at WrestleMania and so good in this match. Everyone was just like yeah. I think they got a solid like twelve, thirteen minute match. They didn't fuck about yeah, with a throwaway, um, and the crowd were just like, "You still got it?" And Ricky was like, "Yeah, I fucking know." Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Shit. Uh But he beats Ricky by submission, and it's a great final match for Steamboat. Not many people can go out at that age with that solid a match. Um,
0: no, it's great. And on a personal level, he was um, one of Jericho's like idols when Jericho was a kid. So that must have been awesome for him. As he well.
1: loves beating his idols, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, his favourite
1: uh, the next one yeah. was a good match but a weird booking because CM, Bunk- CM Punk CM had just uh, <laughs> won Money in the Bank and Kane beat him and it was mm-hmm. weird that your Money in the Bank winner it just lost on their first match
0: that is weird so they let Kane do that don't they sometimes like Kane will just job and job and job and then all of a sudden he'll randomly win do you remember when he beat Randy Orton at WrestleMania yeah. just like they'll just give him a random win completely out of left field and it's like that's Weird, and then just carry
1: on as if. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't understand it. Uh, next was brother versus brother, Jeff versus Matt, and I quit match, which was really fun. Uh, I've
0: never enjoyed Matt and Jeff against each other. This
1: is the best of what they've done. I know what you mean, though. It's like Edge and Christian; they've never had a good match.
0: Just doesn't feel that you know they're they're. A- Great team, and it doesn't feel right to like WWE. Seem to think that if people are a good team, the fans are desperate to see them against each other, and it's not the case.
1: Not at all. Um, Jeff wins by tying Matt Hardy to a table, and Matt quits, and then he jumps on him anyway. I find it really funny.
0: Didn't Matt burn Jeff's house down and kill his? Yeah, this was
1: the great storyline. He kept trying to kill him (laughs) him with pyro and all sorts.
0: I remember when his pyro went off and um, like blew him up. But this is funny. the most depressing and thing. Like
1: his house actually burnt. This was obviously an accident outside the cafe, but his house burnt down and his dog actually died. And Vince goes, "Yeah, we can use that."
0: Yeah. So like I remember your dog, little Timmy? I knew he was in there.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, God bless you, Vince. You're you're a special character. Uh you mentioned <laughs> the legacy versus um shit evolution. And yeah, yeah, Triple H or any of his team got disqualified. Orton would get to keep, would win the, t- keep the title. Uh, Batista was going to use the chair. Triple H pulled it off. That's when the RKO hit. They fucked up with the bell. Then he gets punched in the face.
0: That bell ringer must have, like, like, wait, he was immediately fired. I oh, bet you. Yes. Uh
1: And the main event is one of the best last man standing matches I have ever seen the ridiculous chemistry between Edge and John Cena. Um, Sa- uh, okay. Sasha chose another Edge and John Cena match when they faced each other in a TLC match in Toronto. Their chemistry okay. is great. Like everyone says, John Cena Punk, but Edge and Cena had just like ridiculous chemistry in the ring. And this,
0: no, I agree. I always look at Edge as John Cena's true, like. Enemy, do you yeah. Know what I mean, if you want the Brett, the Brett and Sean, and like, they always tried to force, yeah, they always tried to force Cena and Orton as the Brett and Sean, didn't they? But but they weren't, it was Cena and Edge, obviously. yeah, definitely.
1: And uh, this is a good half an hour match, and just you had the super Cena aspect of just not quitting and not staying down, and the frustration of Edge, he hit him with fucking everything, like he threw <laughs> everything at him, um, but he wouldn't stay down. He even did like an execution on the top of the ramp. Still wouldn't go down. Nice. Um, And then Big Show comes out at the end, grabs John Cena and choke slams him through one of those big stage lights. I remember that. And I was like, that's a cool finish. Yeah. Was Big Show wearing jeans? He wasn't wearing jeans. For some reason, he put a singlet on for that running. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing that annoys me in wrestling when people aren't booked in a match and they're just wandering (laughs) backstage in their gear. gear. (laughs) Like, I know in the Indies, you have to bring your gear just in case someone wants to book you. In WWE.
0: No, no. Yeah, you you know damn well you're not gonna be doing ah, anything.
1: Annoys me to no end. But yeah, Edge <laughs> defeated John Cena. This was a worrying trend for me because whenever Edge had the title or was chasing the title, John Cena just beat him immediately, just immediately straight after. Yeah. Beat him. So to have Edge actually beat Cena was like, oh thank God, I'm happy.
0: Edge never had a Edge never had a single clean win. Did he? no, which was a
1: for really the title. Cool fact. He always cheated or some nefarious way to win the title
0: yeah I remember at Royal Rumble 2009 he won it off Jeff Hardy because Matt Hardy interfered and turned heel on Jeff yes
1: he hit him with the chair and it was brilliant
0: that was good so yeah. good.
1: but yeah um, Backlash 2009 everyone shits on 2009 and 2008 you're right to shit on 2008 because it was awful but this is a great sleeper pay-per-view from this decade which I don't think a lot of people have given a chance to so watch it from the beginning and I guarantee you'll be entertained
0: Nice. Wrestle-tained.
1: Wrestle-tained.
0: Yeah, we haven't said that for a while, have we? We haven't. Um, No, we haven't now. Um, Well, uh, we're on to my number one. And it's not really my number one, because I've just been sort of doing these in an order, and I've kind of blown my load with um, good ones early, um, as I tend to do. But um, (laughs) I'm going to go with... You talk about... Um, 2009 Royal Rumble 2009 is one of my favourite Royal Rumbles of all time the one Randy Orton one. it's actually a really good rumble but I'm going to go to a different year Royal Rumble 2004 oh
1: you twisted us then
0: yeah right I think Royal Rumble 2004 is a fantastic pay-per-view it
1: is this is in my backups
0: um, is it nice so we obviously get um, uh, he who must not be named winning the Royal Rumble um, in a brilliant Royal Rumble it's really good and um, it's the first proper, like, it's the first big Raw Rumble that happened after the brand split. So you've got this Raw versus SmackDown dynamic. You've got so many people who could win it. Chris Benoit is coming in at number one. We know he's coming in at number one because Paul Heyman has said you, even though he came so close to beating Brock, it was like, you will never challenge for the WWE title again. That's why you're going in at number one. And um, so it's like, oh, Benoit could win. That'd be a great story. Then you've got Kurt Angle dedicating his victory to the troops. You're like, oh, he's got to win because America um goldberg is goldberg so you're like "Shit, is in it how can how can goldberg lose you just can't picture that um it wasn't a cliche at the time to see someone the size of big show and go oh how's he how's he gonna get out of the ring he's so big <laughs> like it's become a cliche now but back then it wasn't it was like um it was you know it could um, it felt like it genuinely was like who's gonna get big show out and um, it was a really good raw rumble and um what else did we get um Another good Last Man Standing match, you talking about John Cena, Edge, the Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Last Man Standing match is awesome. That's a doozy, that one. Bloody as fuck, and um, ends in a draw, which is a bit of a flat ending, but it really works for the long-term booking of Triple H and Shawn Michaels and then just not being able to beat each other. Watching that feud when we were kids, we've talked about this before, it felt like it went on forever, but in a good way, didn't it? Oh, I swear it went on from
1: a good two years
0: yeah and they just hated each other and they could never get the better of each other and it was just great it was booked really really well Brock lesnar um randomly defeated hardcore holly um for the uh to retain the it was just
1: when like hardcore holly had his neck broken and he wanted to come back to get retribution
0: yeah and lesnar just disposes of him in six minutes yeah. and um eddie defeated chavo this is just after chavo had turned heel on eddie um in a really good match really clever booking and remember eddie went on to win the title the following month so he must have impressed and eddie beats chavo's being like a cheating little prick he's got his dad with him chavo classic do you remember he came back oh yeah um and chavo's trying to cheat trying to cheat eddie wrestles completely straight doesn't hit a single closed fist or anything beats chavo fair and square then after he's proved that he can beat him in a fair wrestling match then he goes feral and just completely destroys chavo Chavo does a blade job and gets like tied up I think and um, Eddie just absolutely destroys him and it's brilliant
1: yeah uh, Ray, Jamie Noble was also a good match I thought yeah it was, it was a only a couple one, of minutes but, up, it, but was, it was good they never really got a chance to go up against each other so I was glad they got this opportunity but yeah they could have done a lot more um, And then, Jamie, no-
0: Jamie, Jamie Noble never got the time he deserved
1: no definitely not An Evolution against the Dudley Boys in a tables match you thought that Dudley was going to win for sure but big yeah, bad Yeah, they days. were starting
0: to. Yeah, they were starting to build Batista up, weren't they? And um, yeah, he's, I believe he um, just spine busters um, Bubba Ray through a table out of nowhere. Yes. Victoria, Molly, Holly, as well. Um, two of the better women of the time.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that was on the Heat, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It was. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, it, it was. DVD. It was
1: a good little one. Um but yeah, the you're right, the rumble itself was there were so many up and coming stars that were coming into it that it just made it kind of fresh and exciting. You didn't really know who was gonna win it, um that was coming into it. And there were the obvious ones, as you said, that it just it felt obvious but it wasn't. And then when Benoit won, in one of the best final eliminations I'd say in a Royal Rumble, he's got Big Show's got him over the top rope. He's going to eliminate him. But Benoit, like a pit bull, just holds onto that head and just starts suplexing him slowly out of the ring. And the crowd are losing their shit over him, like just tipping over the top rope. And he finally throws him over. And you're like, Benoit's won the Rumble? That was just not even a consideration.
0: It's great. There's some great storylines set up in this match. So Brock Lesnar runs in to um, F5 Goldberg, which leads to Goldberg being eliminated, sets up that storyline... Uh, Mick Foley returns, eliminates Randy Orton. That sets up that storyline. That's awesome. Uh, we got um, John Cena's in this. When John Cena was genuinely over and badass, and was a really cool character uh, at this time, John Cena was one of my favorite wrestlers. Oh, definitely. Like late two thousand and three to through most of two thousand and four, I loved John Cena. I thought he was brilliant. Like US title, John Cena and stuff. I thought that was really really good. Um, what else we got? We got Kurt Angle. So this was like on the cusp of Kurt Angle turning heel as well because he obviously dedicated it to the troops was eliminated. Not happy about that. Uh, the lights go out when Kane's in the ring. So it's the first tease of the Undertaker coming back. Yeah, just loads of good stuff. Oh. Just a really good like soap opera wrestling at its best was throughout this Rumble, and we're rewarded with one of the greatest wrestlers of the time winning as well.
1: Yeah, it's a solid pick for your number one. No one can fault how good this. Royal Rumble is one of the best, I'd say.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right on to my number one, but before I do, Jesse, I'm going to go pee.
0: Ah, okay. tease
1: everyone. So here's some mariachi music. You don't get that level of BBC behind the extras that you do on the Got Till Five podcast. (laughs) Glimpse behind the curtain. Okay. Glimpse at your wang. Glimpse at my (laughs) wang. Yeah. I don't pee as quick as you. Uh, Yeah. Solid list from you. I like that Royal Rumble being number one. I knew you were going to put it in there. That's why I left it in my reserves.
0: Ah, nice. Uh, are we going to quickly list our reserves without going into detail after you've done your number I think we should, why not? Uh, yeah, we'll just shout them out. My
1: number one is the one that's going to make everyone happy because it's the obvious one, the greatest pay-per-view yeah, fucking ever, but from 2000 to 2009, it's of course from 2001, it's the greatest Wrestlemania that's ever been produced, it's Wrestlemania 17.
0: Yeah, it had to be here, didn't it? It
1: had to be We'd Be Chastised and thrown out of the podcast community if we didn't make it number one. It is we're in a community. Apparently, we're kind of yeah. above the community. Um, yeah,
0: they adhere to us.
1: <laughs> this is such a fun WrestleMania. This was before the days of like seven-hour-long pay-per-views. It would it it should have been. They could have spread this out so easily, but. It, it's just so compressed into being such a great show. You start off with Chris Jericho and William Regal putting on a great little wrestling match for Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, it's really good. Continuing on their feud, which was really good. Um, do you remember Right to Censor? Yeah, I remember Right to Censor. Warning, warning, warning,
0: warning. Um, Ivory was in Right to Censor. Yes, Um, she gets squashed by China on this. She does. Um, yeah, list. Right to
1: Sense does not do well. Uh, right to Sense were a great gimmick, though, during the Attitude Era, you know, of the whole... Yeah, it,
0: it, was, just, it was just Vince, like, venting his frustrations, wasn't it, really?
1: Mm. Imagine if you did, like, an opposite now, where there's, like, a team that wants to bring back the PG-14 stuff, and everyone's like, <laughs> no, like... no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just
0: bladed themselves in the ring for no reason. <laughs>
1: Ric Flair, first member. Um <laughs> but it was Taz and APA. Taz was a fucking little tank. He was a little tank that just walked down yeah, to the ring was. and destroyed all of them. Uh Ball then Godfather, Val Venus, and Stevie Richards as well.
0: Stevie Richards Stevie Richards is low key a legend in the business. Yeah.
1: He really is. To us he is.
0: I used to yeah, I used to um I used to take him to the um world championship scene on here comes the pain as well of course of course have
1: you ever bought a game past that
0: here comes the pain i just i just pretty much played here comes the pain i I, relived a glory (laughs) well that's what i really like about the i know the 2k games that come out now aren't the best technically to play but they put in so many old wrestlers that i just have to keep buying them do you know what i mean because i can just keep playing all these classic old batches of Stuff for my childhood. Yeah, that is nice. yeah,
1: true. That uh, is true. And then you had a great little hardcore match for the hardcore championship: Kane, Raven, and Big Show, uh, where Raven almost ruined WrestleMania for everyone.
0: He did, wasn't he? Like slammed really close to a power cable or something. And if he'd hit the power cable, I think it was in the golf
1: the... cart that they almost tripped over the the main power source of. Mess. I mean, who wires that it all was... through one switch? I mean, honestly. <laughs>
0: can you imagine the greatest pay-per-view of all time and just all the lights go out and it's just over
1: (laughs) that happened at a super bowl i think it was the one beyonce was doing just power went out and i was like how does the power go out at one of the biggest (laughs) sporting events ever
0: can you imagine the panic of everyone working oh
1: and it went on for a while
0: did they fix it
1: yeah they fixed it it took them a long time though (laughs) <laughs> Weird. But yeah, this was great. People got choked down through walls, went through glass windows, someone got choked with a hose, really kinky stuff.
0: <laughs> it was good. The Basham Brothers were proud. <laughs>
1: um Eddie Guerrero with Perry Saturn. There he is again. De- unfortunately defeated.
0: <laughs> See, we criticize we criticize Perry Saturn. He's come up twice on our favorite pay-views per of the era that he was in wrestling.
1: Yeah, he wasn't the standout moment though.
0: Maybe he's there. He's there. Maybe he's there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Guilty by
1: association. Fair yeah, okay. Um it was yeah, it was a pretty good match. It, that's probably the weakest match on the card. Um Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, this is the match awesome. that made me so this was as I mentioned previously in the podcast, this was my first pay per view. My mum's cousin lived in New York and he sent me he knew I was into wrestling, so he sent me No Way Out two thousand and one and WrestleMania seventeen after after they'd aired he recorded them for me um and i was just blown away by him i was like oh my god wrestling so good And watching (laughs) chris Benoit and Kurt angle made me first go oh shit this is wrestling this is what yeah yeah and yeah the crowd for a crowd felt sporty it did it was like a proper little sport this would eventually grow into my love of what new japan and stuff became but at the time with the crowd being so into it and just how they worked the match as you mentioned kurt again wanting to prove he was the better wrestler and then using cheap shots to win over on chris benoit it, it yeah. added that entertainment level which I, I feel like we doesn't do enough of anymore where you can have straight wrestling but still have that we gimmicky style at the end yeah exactly That's great uh you mentioned china just destroyed ivory just, just destroyed yeah. her and won the women's championship. uh one of the probably the second funniest match: Shane McMahon versus his dad, Mister McMahon, with Stephanie McMahon and Tristratus. Tristratus was the mistress of Mister McMahon, while his wife lay comatose in a wheelchair next to the ring. I <laughs> love wrestling.
0: Vince McMahon convinced his wife to just sit paralyzed in a wheelchair whilst he made out with a really hot woman on live telly in front of her. Like, is there, and that's amazing though. No? Like when you put it like that, Vince McMahon is the greatest man who ever lived. I love
1: that we featured McMahon. Like this was a great decade of wrestling, but we've mentioned McMahon so much over these past 10 years. <laughs> Cause he was so he's good.
0: A, he's a really good performer. He's one of the best performers that's ever been in wrestling. Yeah. I would say
1: completely. Um,
0: it's, and this match, the Shane Vince match, is wrestling soap opera at its finest as well.
1: Oh, completely. You could be watching the Days of My Lives. You've got <laughs> Mick Foley with his relationship, uh, Stephanie and Trish having their thing, and then um, Linda and Shay. It's just, there's so much going on. There's so much depth to this match for something that's so stupid. Yeah, and then you, oh, you've great. got the WCW stuff going on as well because Shane backstabbed McMahon by doing the business deal. Yeah, tune in to next. This is week's one of those episode. matches.
0: This is one of those matches that you can show to non-wrestling fans and they will get something out of it. Like even if like it's not going to necessarily turn them into a wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get like yeah, they just get fearful of you. <laughs> um, but like they're not going to be a wrestling fan necessarily after watching it. But they they on some level they will find it entertaining. Without it's just really entertaining television. Yeah,
1: something in there will will get them. And then straight afterwards, we'll they go into the TLC match, the the most famous match probably in wrestling history. Yeah. Uh, that you do show wrestling fans if you want them to go, holy shit, this stuff's like real and like it's totally dope, dude, and I really like it.
0: Exactly, and some more classic Jeff Hardy ragdolling that we were uh, talking about.
1: When he does the swanton of the <laughs> uh. ridiculous ladder, but not the Sean the Comical ladder. Um, onto no. Bubba on the table and he kind of overshoots it and just cocks it right on the floor Yeah, uh, and it's not even a padded floor no.
0: uh, uh, and he takes that spear from Edge when he's hanging um, off the titles
1: yes which I learnt in That's the table three.
0: he just didn't want to do <laughs> <laughs> no, but Edge um, Edge wasn't taking any of Jeff's shit. Yeah, Jeff, Edge was like,
1: this could go so wrong. He was like, as as we were kids, <laughs> we were like, yeah, let's just get, like, let's make a name for ourselves. But he was like, looking back, so much could have gone wrong. It was horrible. We should never have yeah. done that.
0: It's, ama- it's amazing that no one got a proper injury from it's that. It's
1: ridiculous. Match. And the amount of um, interferences, you had Lita come down, you had Spike Dudley, you had, uh, who was the representation for edging? Rhino. Rhino. You had Rhino come down. <laughs> so much happens in this match. It's It's one of the Greatest matches ever. I love it so much. I've spoken about it a lot. It's correct. Uh Gimmick Battle Royale was. Even that was great. It good. was great, you know. You had all these guys from about 15 years ago coming out, um, such as Don the Clown, Nikolai Volkov, RIP, Tugboat, Dagoon, Earthquake, Gobbledy Brother Love, Michael Hayes, One Man Gang, Kamala, Kimchi. <laughs> there was a restaurant called Kimchi. Jim Cornette, Reaper Man, uh. and Sergeant Slaughter. And.
0: And it's um, Bobby the Brain Heenan's last ever uh, commentary performance for WWE. One of the
1: greatest voices in professional wrestling. And the, the greatest. Iron Sheik only won because he could not take a bump over the top rope.
0: Just good enough Three reason.
1: I call bullshit. Uh, Hillbilly Jim <laughs> was like second. Yeah,
0: fair play. I've to only
1: it. developed See, a I, love for Hillbilly Jim since Legends House.
0: Well, this is it. We're too young to really have enjoyed Hillbilly Jim. When he was actually wrestling, aren't we? But uh, we know him through Legends House, and we're now in yeah, Legends. Exactly.
1: Uh, Undertaker and Triple H had one of my favourite Undertaker WrestleMania matches because the ref gets knocked down for. This match is 18 minutes long. The ref is knocked out for 14 minutes of them. I swear. <laughs> I swear he is. Because they go everywhere. They even go into the crowd, and there's a choke slam off the, the lighting rigging out in the crowd, like the hard cam area, whatever it is. Um, is
0: this when Motorhead played Triple H? Yes, it well? was. Yeah, and Lemmy didn't know the words to his own song.
1: <laughs> High off his tits. He had yeah, no
0: idea what was no, going on.
1: But it was, uh, yeah, the, this, barring the Hell in the South, this is the best match of the five that they had at WrestleMania. So, very good. Yeah, I'd agree and with that. And then the, um, we've disagreed on this previously, but Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the Rockers champion. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in as the babyface, leaving as the heel, which nobody saw coming. Stupid. You signed a spear with the devil,
0: <laughs> Bobby Bush, It's hey? stupid, but they're in, but they're in Texas, so uh, 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 Steve Austin could take a baby from someone in the front row, put it in the ring, and stamp on its head and everyone in that arena would still cheer for him and love him because they're in Texas.
1: I feel like what they were going for... It's such a
0: stupid place to turn him heel. It is.
1: I feel like what they were going for, obviously I don't know, but what I feel like they were trying to do is that he was the Texan hero, and for him to turn on them in Texas would have got a huge reaction of boos.
0: But he didn't turn on them. He just started battering the rock, and everyone was like, yeah, fuck it, batter the rock, win, we don't care.
1: But he sided with the devil of Mr. McMahon.
0: Eh. no 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 one cared it's it was ba- so badly executed and it it's i think it's evident in like how well WWE did the rest of that year because everyone desperately wanted to be behind stone cold and he was insisting on staying here although we did get some very funny like crazy paranoid stone cold through that year it was gold it was <laughs> very funny
1: i i i love that match i love the video package leading up to that match it's it's so good I think I think it's brilliant when he when he toasts my way or the highway. Or the by Limp It
0: was the song on that, wasn't it? Yeah. I've said to
1: yeah. you before, it's it's my favourite video package WE have ever produced.
0: Yeah, it's my I second favourite. Drop
1: of blood, sweat, tears, uh, and then it just it's hits awesome. in so well. And and the build up to it as well with each one of them like jumping each other and hitting their own finishes, and and then the climax of I I know what you're saying, but Austin toasting McMahon, holding the title over a Rock is just such a cool image. I just feel like it just tops yeah. off the the whole pay-per-view. It I don't think it will ever be touched as the greatest WrestleMania of all time.
0: Well, if they carry on making them 12 hours long, like uh there's no way. Like you said, they don't need to be long shows. Part of what makes this so good is it was just bang bang bang. Like everything was awesome just kept coming at you. Because of its length, and it certainly wasn't short. It must have been like over they, three They hours,
1: were a good four hours, like with, with yeah, pre-shows. Yeah, four Like
0: it's a long. I mean, that's a long time, but compared to now, it's not. But it's just constant entertainment. No, yeah,
1: exactly, and, that, and that's what made Mania so good. Uh, we, we knew it was the grand state. We knew it was the big spectacle of the year. You don't need to keep shoving it down our throats that it is. Um, yeah, but yeah, exactly. seventeen for the people who listen to this podcast that aren't wrestling fans god bless you i love you um go and watch this (laughs) pay-per-view then you'll be a wrestling fan
0: why do they listen but they
1: love it there's so many reviews i see on itunes of people being like i'm not a wrestling fan but i listen to this and i go and check out matches and i watch it and like we get messages from people saying the same like i'm not a wrestling fan but i really enjoy listening to your podcast i'm like how did you even find us
0: I think if you say you're not a wrestling fan, but you listen to us and then go find the matches and watch them consistently, you're, you're a wrestling fan now. That's That means you're a yeah,
1: wrestling fan. Yeah, we're, we're like when CM Punk came back. That's what we are.
0: We're the gateway drug. We're the gateway drug, man.
1: Uh, so there's some great pay-per-views from the noughties, everyone. There
0: we go. Ten fantastic pay-per-views.
1: Ten fantastic ones. I'm going to take out mine. Jesse, rattle off. What were your, what were your reserves?
0: my reserves were i had armageddon 2003 also known as the evolution pay-per-view i had vengeance 2003 which you took off me um backlash 2004 in edmonton because of my boy and also mick foley randy orton in my personal favorite hardcore match um i had no way out 2004 because of eddie yeah and no mercy 2002
1: Ah, there you go. Yeah, that that was on mine as well. Um, I had... What did I have? Uh, Judgment Day 2003 with the stretch of match. Oh,
0: yeah, and um, the reintroduction of the Intercontinental title.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a great one. Uh, You mentioned No Mercy. No Way Out 2003, Rock Hogan 2, Eric Bischoff Stone Cold was brilliant. Uh, that whole pay-per-view is great. No Way Out 2001 as well, which precedes WrestleMania 17. That, those three pay-per-views as a trilogy, starting from the Royal Rumble, the best WWE's ever produced. Uh, very quickly onto the Got Till 5 Milky Way universe. Uh, I'll read Nick out first, because Nick's one of the people who messaged us saying, If Royal Rumble 2000 doesn't feature, I'm calling bullshit. In fact, if 2000-2001 isn't at least 5 of the 10 picks, I'd be surprised.
0: Right, um, I haven't done the maths on that, but... um, Not even close, not even close. Really? Yeah.
1: His top five was Royal Rumble 2001, Invasion... Did we even ask him? No, he just gets involved.
0: He just told us, he thought we wanted to know, as if we're interested.
1: (laughs) But we're going to read them. Invasion number three, Backlash 2000, uh, WrestleMania 17 and Royal Rumble 2000. He was tempted to throw and bash at the beach for the lols, but we wouldn't let him. The yeah, got to five Twitter universe went to fucking town on this one. I'm going to. Read I didn't even
0: f- know. I haven't been on Twitter for ages. I didn't even know that they'd been talking to us.
1: Oh, they're all over it. Um, Graceful Gremlin says WrestleMania 24 <laughs> had Michaels versus Flair, Undertaker, Edge, and Money in the Bank.
0: It did. Yes, yeah, very June. true.
1: Uh, Logan <laughs> Vegeta. Seventeen, obviously, and SummerSlam 2002, and someone agreed that it's the best pay per view of 2002. Surprised you didn't mention SummerSlam 2002. SummerSlam 2002 was That's very good, good, wasn't
0: it? Um, yeah, it, it didn't pop into my head to be honest, but yeah, um, you're right. The, the Ray Kerr opener was really fucking good. Um, I really enjoyed Lesnar Rock as well. Uh, Shawn Michaels coming back. It was yeah, it was a really really solid pay per view. Really good summer summertime fun. Uh,
1: GwLX7 uh says he goes into detail on this one no mercy 2001 is slept on you got a pretty decent darn good undercard topped by two classic world title matches in rock jericho and perhaps the best triple threat we did that decade austin versus rvd versus angle austin's performance in that match is magical blah 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 he goes on uh the last one i read is one guy who actually did one for every year so for 2000 he said SummerSlam was the best. 2001 WrestleMania 17. 2002 SummerSlam. 2003 Vengeance, correct? 2004 yeah. Royal Rumble, correct for you. Yeah. 2005 ECW One Night Stand. Forgot it's about that very one. Very true.
0: I forgot about that one. That's a stunning show. Well, that, didn't, that didn't even come into my head. That would have been like that would have been my number one ten times over if I thought of that.
1: I ah, beat what? you to it. Nah, I get. did,
0: fair play but one day we'll talk about it we'll find another way to do a top 5 where we can shoehorn that one in because yeah. that's just awesome I love that show
1: we'll do an ECW pay-per-view one uh, 2006 Unforgiven 2007 Backlash 2008 WrestleMania 24 2009 nothing
0: nothing he didn't <laughs> enjoy anything in 2009
1: <laughs> he hated 2009 <laughs> uh, someone else wrote a fucking long list I'm not going to read that out thank you for all your comments though it was greatly appreciated <laughs> It was
0: good. Two thousand you know what, we shit on two thousand and nine and like WrestleMania twenty five in two thousand and nine wasn't great, but we got Undertaker Shawn Michaels in what is quite possibly one of the greatest matches of all time.
1: It's very true. It is very true. Two
0: thousand and nine did give us that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So thank you for your comments and suggestions. Um that's the decade of wrestling that we love the most, as you can tell by this two hour long podcast.
0: Yeah, it's been a long one. Do you remember when we said to
1: start early so we can enjoy our evenings yeah, afterwards? It's ten o'clock yeah. and I've
0: got a yeah, this. Yeah, that hasn't happened.
1: No. Yeah. Good luck. Cool. Um so let's end it now, shall we? Thank you, for everyone, for who got in contact and told us your top fives. Um if you disagree or agree with anything we've said in this podcast, uh you know where to find us now at Got Till Five Everywhere or Got Till5 at gmail.com if you want to send a long email rant instead of those Twitter restricted characters.
0: But it's annoying because checking emails is annoying nowadays in 2018, so don't do that. Just tweet us, please.
1: <laughs> uh, Jesse, what's the website in case they want to catch up on old episodes and shit? Gotto5.com. Oh, you didn't do it your normal way.
0: Gotto5.com. Uh, got is you. that better? Uh, Edit in post.
1: <laughs> Stay tuned over the next coming weeks for the second top five of this month. Also, exciting stuff of us going into print and a couple of cool little <laughs> merchy things. That- stickers, stickers. That's that's stickers. That's the level we're at, people. We're at Come stickers. Come
0: take stickers off us and stick them um, at like head height when you're having a poo in cubicles at wrestling venues.
1: Yeah, poo height. Put them on your nan's wheelchair. Put them on people in the street. Just do whatever you have to. Uh, it will help us be more popular which we like being
0: so and they're cool stickers as well they look pretty
1: yeah they're very pretty design ones we've had fun doing this one i had fun researching this one i can't wait till the next one jesse
0: nor me i love this and i love you yeah find us on itunes and spotify
1: <laughs> love you all have a wonderful two weeks we will see you soon i'm max Curtin.
0: and i'm jesse beds is that what you were implying for me to do there? yes Wow, well, that's done. good thanks i did it all right
1: bye bye
0: you have until the count of five
1: i happen to love the number five it's a beautiful number a glorious number you got to the count of five